Sardo went to a thing. What, what were you exactly doing today? Um, what was I doing? Yeah, you, you, you were doing a weird thing at work, and I'm very curious. So what exactly was it? Um, it was, uh, my, my workplace has an annual, uh, Comic-Con, basically, in, in our town where we live. Oh, that's uh, it. it's a very big thing, and I was the host of our cosplay convention, not, not cosplay convention, our, our cosplay contest. Too and... many goddamn sweet words. Too many what? <laughs> Squidward? Too many goddamn C words. C words. Um, I, I am extremely tired it was a very long day but we're here to talk about something very special so yeah for um, once we're gonna logically and honestly do this yoga yoga <laughs> we're sorry we've been doing that for months and it's gonna it's gonna stay forever we're what not <laughs> What's the topic of today's show, Joker? Well, first things first, Morgana, we should introduce our host. I'm Strauss. The other one is Sardo. He's the taller skeleton of the Skeleton yes, Crew podcast, person. which you're listening to. Yes. But today, we are actually doing, we're doing a bit of a different episode. Mm hmm Which is only because, number one, first and foremost, it's because of something we did together as a duo wasn't planned that way but it ended up happening that way it's it's just sort of how the the wheels met the track it's how the cookie crumbles joker it's just how it is but yeah so we're talking uh this was actually also your idea which is which yeah. was but interesting this wasn't me i just really liked the idea of it so it's like well now it's now it's happening this is sort of the uh, uh, the post we finished playing Persona Five Royal as a duo, our our, our technical let's play as a, a duo. How did it feel? The, the uh, it, it was great. Our our very first like all the way through let's play that oh. and the P five post mortem. Yeah, look at us. Look at us. <laughs> this this is cool. This is really cool. This is great. This is great, Joker. So, Persona 5 Royal uh, was something that you've played before. Yes, yeah, so, uh, let, let's do it like this, because I actually, I'm not going to lie, I've technically planned this before the podcast ever happened, in case I was ever on a podcast about it. Oh, hey! So, first things first, I'm going to, so let's explain our relationship to Persona 5 pre-playing it. You want to start mm -hmm. us off, or should I? Oh, um, go ahead. Well, okay, so the funny part for me is I think you and I have one thing in common, and that is the two of us both, at prior to 2020, never really played a Persona game. Not like took any pride in that, but kind of was like, oh, look at me, I never played it. Mm. it it's just sort of how it happened. Yeah. It's one as despite being nerds on the internet, you will always have like a weird gap in the things that you you've done or seen. Mm -hmm. That just kind of comes with the turf, because yeah. you know you can't be everywhere. 
And if you tried, you would not be unable to do it because you were a finite human being with finite resources. Yeah. Or skeletons like us. Mm-hmm. Very important. We're skeletons. Okay? What you see is what we do every day. Like the time when we were in a lab, that, that lab is real somewhere under the state of Maine. Oh, not Maine. That's that's a scary thing Stephen King made up. That's not a real place. <laughs> uh, no, no, no state has traumatized a man more than the state of Maine. Somehow, I've been to Maine. It's not that bad. But, All but we've, we've, yeah. But we've Eddie. had pretty minimal experience pre twenty twenty with the Persona franchise yeah. until I started streaming regularly, which was in. Er, like may of 2020 because i was like i need something to do with my life and i'm already playing a fuck ton of video games i might as well do it in front of people like a crazy person and so i did and i've been very consistent for three years now which is really you've kept at it yeah i know and my audience has grown by two it's not even the same people that's the worst part i've actually lost end game i've I have a net gain of two. <laughs> Let's but not talk about it. still gained. Two. Yeah, I still gained. And honestly, it's, I'm better off for it. Uh, anyway, so I was like, you know what? And this is going to be funny for you, Sardo. What caused me to play Persona was Discourse. Like, every so often, Discourse would start in one of the Discord servers that I am in. And I'm like, Damn. What is all the fuss about? I, I feel like I'm that bit from the boondocks, but I can't really say the whole thing. Yeah. You know which one. I'm not. I, I understand. <laughs> I am. T- I am not. I was never and never will be able to say certain words. And that's okay. But that's I was like, right. well, what causes this? And so I did. And then after I was done playing, I'm like, I get it. And now I'm now part of when the discourse starts up in the Discord server. Isn't that a joyous thing? It is. And it, it's, they're fun discussions. Now, how about you, El Sardarino, master of magic and magnets? How do they work? I still I don't, don't know. know. Um, uh, actually, no one knows. That's the funniest part. <laughs> but I, I was also not a big persona person. I was a persona non grata, I guess. Uh, Ooh, I love it. I like that. But before you, I mean, <laughs> I thought that up all by myself. Oh, um, you're a clever lad. <laughs> Look at you. But I, I'll be real. You doing the persona games was kind of what got me more into it because, like, I've always been on the relative like periphery of persona discussion like i can recognize the characters you you point one out and it's like yeah that's so and so um and like i get the basics of it i i read the hi i'm daisy comics for persona 4 of course like everybody else and you know i i enjoyed what little i saw but it's like that looks like an entertaining game with some interesting characters but Really, not not a whole lot beyond that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And basically, me too. Like, I would see art occasionally, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, this character looks neat. Yeah. And then I was... And then after playing... So, basically, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is... That, hey, this is neat. Yeah. 
this is Lenito. And then I decided to, uh, well, <laughs> yeah, three years later, I've played all but, like, a couple of them. It's officially going to be uh, two spin-offs currently because I'm playing Tactica. It's going to happen. I'm going to stream it. <laughs> all right. Because it's a, a tactics game and Persona, it's like, I built my channel on this shit. Of course I am going to do it. That's your bread and butter. Yeah, it's my bread and butter. I have to. But it's just like, it's that in the first game. So I played all but literally one mainline title. And I have I promised that I will play one under the grounds that it's the last one that I play. Yeah. Until Persona 6 comes out or after, depending on which one happens first. Out of order because you're a rebel. Damn straight I am. Also because one's considered the worst one by mm. by basically everybody. Yeah. Of the main line. Uh, Spin-offs is a different story. But yeah, so your first experience proper with Persona was Persona 4 Golden. We should start off yes. with for you for that. Mine was Persona 5 Royal. But I have since played all but one in the Q games. So mm -hmm. most of it. So going into Persona 4 was really fun, and I played that earlier this year. And you were on some of those uh, streams because you could. Yeah. And we had a great time. It was the I, I really enjoyed it. It was the debut of the skeleton of when we be started becoming the Skelebros, actually. That's the fun <laughs> part. That is awesome. I I remember, yeah, because that was that was kind of like part of your grand unveiling, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was the grand unveiling was at the start of that. You were so happy with it. You were like, oh, this is the best. It was delightful. I was so happy. You have, like, a great avatar. <gasps> I'm so happy with the skeleton design. But anyway, jokes aside, it, it was, that was sort of your first experience. And mine was streaming it for the first time, going in basically cold. Mm -hmm. No idea what was going to happen. And then I have since played... Technically, through the game three, five, I, through Persona Five Royal three times, sort of. Wow. Well, okay. Mm -hmm. There's a reason for one of those playthroughs because it, I was going to do the whole thing. I missed the royal content, the new content. Oh. So I had, and I, I saved over that save, not knowing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I, I, so I had to be, so I would I wouldn't really call it a full playthrough because I skipped a lot of dialogue. <laughs> I hit that skip button. I'm like, don't need to do that. And you know what's funny? You know how much faster it was to go through it a second time. That okay. So Sardo, how long do you think my first stream of Persona Five was? Oh, <laughs> uh, hella fucking long. <laughs> You're correct. We want to guess hours. It, here's a hint. It's not longer than twelve. Eight. You're close. It was ten. It took Damn. ten hours to get to the first boss. Hmm. Fun fact for everybody. Uh, second time going through it, without you know it being a stream, so people had to, so there was no one needing to pay attention to dialogue. Two hours. Oh wow. <laughs> well, yeah. Also, I went in with overpowered weaponry, so it was just like, and this gun that I have. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> you're a nerd you're a nerd you're a nerd <laughs> yeah the, the second time around i went in with the most bullshit persona i could because like fuck it i'm not this game is long enough as it is and it, it's long i think that is the one 
thing about Persona 5 that people need to understand. It's at least 95 hours long. It's a long game. It, it's a long one, Joker. But we're going to start off really with this and we're going to we're going to try to be nice at times. We're going to try to not be too nice. And we're going to and I we're, we're going to try and this is at least for me, and Sardo, you don't have to take this promise. I'm going to try not to always compare it to the other games as often as I can. Oh, yeah. Because it's, I, I... It's good. It's, it's hard not to sometimes because, you know, 4, four was one of my first major experiences with this. Mm. So, And also, like, it is the fifth one of a series. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And, like... I to today is not about trash talking Persona Five. Quite the opposite, actually, yeah. at least to the way I see it. Oh yeah, absolutely. We're not going to be we're going to be nice in the sense that we're not just this is not going to be a podcast full of us just trashing it repeatedly, being like, "Oh, this is dumb. It's stupid." It's it's not going to be the Black Butler podcast. No, it's not going to be the Black Butler. It's I don't know the Burn the Witch podcast was us being like, "I don't understand what happened. Help." <laughs> I read this whole thing and I'm confused. <laughs> Thankfully, but, no. This is going to be closer to, I guess, really our last podcast episode or really any of the other ones. If anything, it's going to be the most closest to Neil Breed's pass through. <laughs> yes. Unintentionally. Actually, um, technically, this is the reason why we saw that movie. <laughs> it, it's true. This, this was... <laughs> But, but, Scross, but before we get into our own personal opinions, you want to give the audience like a quick lowdown on what yeah. Persona 5 is about. So Persona 5 is much like the other three modern Persona games that are currently out. Persona 6 does not exist yet, as far as we know. Mm -hmm. We know it's being developed or something. There have been supposed leaks about it, but nothing concrete besides the idea that of course they're going to make another one why wouldn't you you just got off your most successful one yeah but persona 5 is the story of we're going to just be calling him joker because it's the only one where they give him a concrete name to call him uh -huh. in dialogue yeah and oh yeah you're gonna we're gonna find excitement Sorry, that <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, you don't, don't, don't apologize. You're fine. If people who just listen to our podcast and never watch my streams, you're gonna finally figure out what the fuck that's about. <laughs> you're gonna finally understand what the Morgana voice is and why understanding is coming. But yeah, so Persona 5 is the story of Joker after helping a lady who was being accosted. Because mm -hmm. I, I, too, have a word of a day calendar. Not really, but I like to say that I do. Uh, gets blamed, gets sued for assault because the guy he happened to stop was a dickbag. More on this bald jerk later. Mm -hmm. Trust us. But eventually, he is for, due to stig being stigmatized as a criminal, and this is Japan where... It's a bit different than it is over here. It, it, it hits a little harder over there. Yeah, your rep, you, your rep is a lot more important in the Nihongu than it is here in the United States. Where 
having saved someone, but like beating the shit out of him would probably get you a lot of props. Mm -hmm. But you know, like whatever. I know, I know people have been arrested for just showing up at a protest. Yeah. So you know, it's like I don't give a shit. But in Japan, it's a bit different. So it forces him to go to the glorious ta small town of Tokyo. Actually. Uh, it's my favorite thing to point out is the start to Persona 5 and Persona 4 are just the inverse of each other. I don't know yeah. why they, it's it's just weird that way. So he goes to Tokyo where he meets up with a man named Sojiro Sakura and he has to stay with him for a year while he's on probation. And that's how the game starts. And we're not going to get into the details. Basically, due to otherworldly shenanigans... Ooh. He gains the power of the wild card and gets his persona and fights against evil at start at increasingly ridiculous levels, actually, when you think about mm -hmm. it. But it, it gets pretty absurd. It, it gets a bit absurd. But it starts off as basic that's basically the story of Persona 5 is Joker goes to Tokyo, learns the truth of what happened, gains a bunch of friends, makes a bunch of friends, maybe finds love, maybe doesn't, depends how you want to play it. I'm not gonna I don't blame people who don't want to do romance. And then eventually uh, stops the bald jerk that ruined his life to this moment. That's neat. Yeah, good for him. And then eventually discovers that there's an evil god involved and uh, you, t you you fight god. Sort of. Well, Gnostic god thing. It, it's weird. I'm not going to explain Gnosticism. <laughs> also, you have a little cat pal. Yeah, and you get a cat pal named Morgana. Who tells you when to go to bed? Mor Morgana is um, slightly polarizing. I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll we'll get more into the nitty gritty in a, in a second. But that's the basic, like the very very short version of what happens in Persona Five. Other stuff happens in the middle there, but a lot we're of not going to get into that. <laughs> I mean, we are going to get into that, but yeah, not right away because that's a lot. So basically, Persona 5 is the story of being the underdog fighting against the man. Mm-hmm. And its main theme is the idea of rebellion, because each modern Persona game has, like, a overarching theme that governs how it's written. Persona 4 is about the truth. Or truthiness. Yes. Because I want to quote Stephen Colbert, apparently. But yeah. But this is... It's rebellion, it's striking out against society and conformity, and, I mean, it's it's about truth in its own way. It's about truth to yourself. That, that is what Persona 4 was about, but also it's technically what it's about here, too. But true to yourself in a different way. Yeah. And it's cool, and it has jazz. It, it's an extremely aesthetically cool game. I, yeah. W without anything else, like, I think that's a big part of the reason why it was so successful is because this game just looks fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, if there's one thing Persona 5 did very well was being cool and looking cool and doing cool things. Even if that wasn't necessarily the right decision all the time, it is what it did. Yeah. Everything about this is neat. So, uh, I guess now, I guess we're, what, I guess what we should really do is go arc by arc real quick mm -hmm. and actually get a bit into the nitty gritty. So, the game starts off, you end up going to a new school called Shujin Academy. 
Shujin Academy will end up, by the end of this game, somehow having arguably the best teachers in the Persona series. <laughs> yes. Which is incredible, because it starts off with a sex pest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want people to understand. I have played three of the three modern Persona games, and I could say, by terms of teaching acumen, somehow Persona 5 is the best. <laughs> and, and also, uh, on that note, quick content I... Oh yeah, content warning, um, just Um, as a warning, uh, this arc especially. There is talk of suicide, there is talk of really horrible things of a lot of different varieties happening to young people, caused by people who should be protecting them, who have authority over them. Uh, Uh, Mainly, specifically, sexual and physical abuse by a teacher. Yes. We want that to be abundantly clear. It's never really gone into exactly what, well, except the physical abuse part. That we we don't they, see that directly. They they don't spell it out, but I mean they paint it in pretty broad brush strokes. It's, you you know what's going on. It, it's it's implied in the way that you would figure it out if you understand what's happening. I think that's a good way to and, say it. I, I think they, they make it very, very clear. I think you have to kind of actively not be paying attention. You to have to either actively not be, be paying attention or just not get it. But, yeah, so warning for that. Um, the, the first arc of this deals very heavily with that. It was actually really, really disturbing to sit through it in places. It, it is. It, and I, I want to make it one thing about it clear. It is not because th- this is not revelatory. It is not mm-hmm. grotesque. It's not exploitative. It's just talking about yeah. a very real thing in a very yeah. real fashion. And, and I think it was it was handled pretty well for the most part. Um... It's it's just this is the definitely the sort of thing that could be triggering to yeah. I think a lot of people. So if you listen to this or if you go to play the game, just know that because even if that's not a you know, not a thing that really, really bothers you, um it can. it's it's very disturbing. Yeah. So <laughs> And each arc is named after its villain, so when you go to school you meet a teacher known as I believe it's Suguru Komoshida. Yeah. Yeah, Suguru Komoshida. Suguru Komoshida is the volleyball coach. He's a... Former Olympic athlete. A gold medalist. He's very, very big. Like, almost comically large. Yeah, he's, he's a big dude. I mean, which makes sense. As someone who's a former volleyball player, a lot of, like, high-level volleyball players are, like, six foot four. Mm-hmm. So, him being large makes sense. It's just that he also has a very large, like, trapezoidal chin. He, he has a very distinct jawline. It's, yeah. uh, Bruce Campbell-esque. Which is mean to Bruce Campbell. He would kick his ass. Yes, Bruce Campbell seems like a lovely person. Yeah. Bruce Campbell, on the other hand, who's a lovely person, would beat the ass out of this guy. But basically, you end up sort of running afoul of this man because he's a dick. Mm-hmm. And I would say a very realistic asshole where it's just like he knows he's an asshole and doesn't care and knows he can get away with it. Because he's 
you know, he's kind of a golden boy. He's got a lot of power. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's a really good example of sort of the idea of what the game is actually about, which is how some people in your life abuse their position and their power to be the worst. And, and notably adults kind of over people that are weaker and younger than them. Yeah. And it sort of like hangs over the first part of the game. And I will say for better and worse, this part is very slow because it's the opening. And yeah. this game is a very slow burn. And what happens is you you run into on your like your first day, you run into uh, this very pretty blonde girl. We're not going to say her name yet because she is actually important. She is a party member. Mm -hmm. And you run into a different blonde. His name is Ryuji. He becomes your best friend. Ryuji's a good boy. He's a, he, he is the uh, very stock, dumb best friend that is so the flavor of Persona and its kind of party. Yeah. He's, he's your dumb best friend. He's your dumb best friend. More accurately, in the case of Persona 5 and 3, definitely the dumb best friend. 4 mm. has Yosuke, who is not nearly as dumb as Ryuji, let's be real. But He's, he's dumb in different ways. Yeah, he's dumb in different ways. But the difference is, Yosuke, on the other hand, is the... the Yosuke. Yosuke. God. <laughs> I Why did they put two characters with the difference in their name is literally a letter? <laughs> God, this has... I wonder if this is as big of a problem in Japan as it is in the States. <laughs> Good question. But Ryuji is... Sorry. Yeah, no, it's just... Uh, Yosuke is more of like bad things happen to Yosuke. He, he is the classic hoisted by his own petard guy. I think that's a Yosuke. fair way to put Oh yeah, Yosuke. God well, actually, damn it. God, actually, now that you say it, that kind of is both, but in different ways. <laughs> yes, but a back to Ryuji. Yeah. Ryuji is, is he's he's delinquent ish, delinquent flavored. He looks like one, but he's not. And he kind of acts like one, but definitely posture wise. Fix your posture, Ryuji. Jesus Christ. Yeah. This is a game of oh. many bad post back postures, and it's going to hurt your back. <laughs> God, Ryuji makes my fucking knees hurt just looking at him. Yeah, but you, when you meet Ryuji, he's this very angry kid who's just like, oh, fuck this guy. I hate this guy. No, not not fuck this guy, Strauss. F this guy. Right, yeah. Ryuji never says fuck. He doesn't. He only says fuck once as far as I know, and it's in Strikers. And oh, Sardo, it's going to be so cathartic when he does it. <laughs> You're waiting for your dumb, stupid son to finally say the F word. I'm sorry. Squizgar, really son. Just... <laughs> sorry, that's yes, the thing for the I, stream. <laughs> I really just want him to hurry up and just say fuck already because he, he's like, what the F all the time? And it's like... Which is so funny because he says shit all the... Like, he says every other swear all the time except fuck. It's like his mom swore to it. <laughs> now, Ryuji, you're not allowed to say the F word. Yes, ma'am. And he's also a mama's boy. Oh, he's very much a mama's boy. But the point is, when you, when they meet, you end up walking into what is called a palace. Which is this sort of distortion in this sort of cognitive version of reality that is distorted by your awful desires. Because 
Komashida has horrible desires of basically being the king of the castle. Yeah. Yes. And he, everybody is subject to him. His whims dictate reality. And it's it's a very uncomfortable experience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think the best way to put it is that the Komoshida stuff starts this game and it starts, it, I would say it starts on a very, I don't want to say high note exactly. It, it is a very well done note. It's a strong note. It's a very strong start. It's this high note makes it sound like this is pleasant, and it's it's not. Because as we as we go through his palace, and it we we've we learn that like oh he abuses the volleyball team, he lusts after the girls volleyball team because he's a gross man. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm sorry, you're in the same school as Sadayo Kawakami, and this is what you pick. Stupid man. Stupid, stupid, disgusting man. And we, you hit but him with a newspaper. He's just... He's, he's abusive in, in pretty much every way you can imagine somebody yeah. in that position of power being abusive. He's awful, he's terrible, and everything about him sucks. And he has a specific, like, eye for a, a pretty blonde girl named On, who is the other character you pick up that isn't named Morgana, who's a mysterious cat-like creature who knows a lot about where you are, but not a lot about himself. Yeah. And then, eventually, you go through his palace, and you discover he is horrible. He keeps abusing the volleyball team. Like, every member of the volleyball team you meet looks like they got the shit kicked out of them. Which is like, huh. No one? <laughs> We're all just gonna keep playing? Okay. And even the teachers are afraid of Kamoshida, and and okay, basically he. We should mention beforehand, before we continue with that, why that's the case. He is a uh, first things first. He's an alum of the school, mm -hmm. and he also is the. He's very famous because he was part of the Olympics gold gold medalist winning volleyball team. So he's famous, and he brings the school a lot of money by being famous. And yes. also the president who the principal, not the president, the principal who looks like an egg knows I'm, this fact. I'm the president of the school. <laughs> I'm the president of the school. I look like an egg. <laughs> he does look like an egg, though. It's, it's just how he's very shaped. much. He's bald mm -hmm. and he's shaped that way. That's not our fault. Humpty Dumpty looking ass. Yeah, he really is. And but, anyway, continue with your thought. But no, I. I Proceed. I was done. <laughs> yeah, basically, as you're saying, all the teachers are afraid to, like, stop him because it's like, it probably means you're getting fired. Yeah. And that doesn't look good when you're trying to get work again. <laughs> he has the power to ruin lives for pretty much anybody. At the school. But very, this is not low stakes, I would say, but relatively it's... low stakes in the sense that it's a very real stake. And, like, size-wise, yeah. yeah. Especially where we go. And as you go through, you accrue both Ryuji, you recruit On, who's like, fuck this guy. He keeps specifically targeting me because I'm the target of his lust. And it's and gross. And 
Han is uh, half European, I think some kind of Scandinavian, half European, half Japanese. Uh, it's never really, it, they say she's like a quarter American, but that could mean anything. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> as you and I as Americans know, being a quarter American means you're like 50 other things at the same time. <laughs> yeah. But she's, she's blonde, yeah, she's, blue She's biracial. Yeah. I mean, very much so because she has very, she's very blonde. She's very blue eyed and it's like natural blonde too. Mm-hmm. And actually this is very, uh, distinguished from say like Ryuji, who's like much more like his hair is more yellow colored to really like help distinguish the fact that one of these two is clearly like dyeing their hair a certain way. And the other is very much not. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and well, you 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 go, go you go for it. You get these people into your party, and you're basically trying to use this newly discovered palace thing to figure out okay how can we stop Kamoshida because An has a friend named Shiho, and I don't think Shiho is just a friend. Neither of us do. Uh, she and An have some. Uh, pretty, pretty heavy kind of, kind of gay vibes going on. Like they're, they're kind of into each other. But um, Shiho is also targeted by Kamoshida, and Shiho is also on the volleyball team, and she's really trying to hold on to her place. And it's implied, and again, this is this is a fucking rough scene to sit through. It's oh, it's well done, but it's rough. Uh, Kamoshida assaults Shiho uh, it, it, at one point and the the event is enough to she's already been in the process of being psychologically broken it it drives her to attempt suicide by uh, leaping off the roof of the school mm-hmm. and breaking both her legs very horribly <laughs> and getting into a coma mhm yay and Shiho's kind of she she does regain consciousness, but her whole, like, arc of recovery and everything is, I feel like, very realistically handled in that she doesn't just magically get better once you defeat Kamoshida. She has to go through recovery for, like, snapping both her legs, and she's kind of fucked her sports career. Like, it, it is... And, it is stated in the game. Uh, you don't never really see this part. This part only because I mean, it would be kind of weird if you did. Yeah. <laughs> because you have to remember, you're playing Joker, and you you two weren't friends. You never really got a chance to talk to each other. I'm sure you would have been friends, but you you just don't know her very yeah. well. So you get a lot of it from On, who is her bestest friend forever at the best, very minimum. Best friend. <laughs> Bestest friends forever, Ubu. Uh, but yeah, she realized like yeah, she's going through like physical therapy, learning to walk again. It is like, and she says it's rough as fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what happens is, and th- but that's a bit later. But at the end of all of this is the quartet of Joker on Ryuji and Morgana go like, we are going to take this guy down, fuck this guy, and and so they do, and by stealing his treasure. Yes. So, uh, the treasures are, 
because you're thieves. You're phantom thieves. Ooh, spooky. Mm-hmm. And uh, you steal treasure from the palaces. And in this case, Komashita's is a um, is his gold medal because he's a narcissistic dick. But yeah, and so that ends the Komashita arc. And I, I want to ask you a question, Sardo. Hmm. And this was the start of the game. How did you feel? Because we ended up basically broadcasting this together. How was your feeling? Go back a, few, a couple of months ago. <laughs> how, uh-huh. how how was it feeling going through this being like, whoa, eh? Um, this is something we reference a lot, and I apologize, but it really did feel like that Speed Racer clip. Are you my brother? Are you my brother, Rex Racer? <laughs> and then Persona 5 just pinches me in the gut just as hard as it can. Right into the and, solar and plexus. And I crumple. I, I just... It... It was an interesting opening. It it does take its sweet time getting from point A to point B, which isn't really a complaint entirely. I mean, I think it it's it's trying to like kind of set a tone. I but... think for me, like the slowness of this part is really more annoying in a gameplay sense because story wise, mm-hmm. it's great. Yeah, it, you're really building up the fact that first this guy's kind of just kind of mean. Like, for, mm-hmm. well, first he starts off and he's like, he see like, when you first see him on screen, he doesn't seem bad. He, he's kind of, kind of, kind of a dick, but it's like not, you it, know. Because the first scene you, you see with him is him talking to Kawakami and like kind of sympathizing with her. It's like, oh, you're stuck with like the problem child. Mm-hmm. Because as far as everyone knows in the school, you assaulted somebody. So who yeah. knows if that's going to be a repeat problem or not, which is like, okay, fair. Like, not cool of him, but I get it. Yeah. And then the moment he meets you, he's like instantly like, oh, you're kind of a dick, aren't you? And you slowly yeah. just peel it back and peel it back. And it's like, oh, you're not just a dick. You're a horrible person. You're the real bastard in this situation. And I think this really hit as hard as it did for me because I I can imagine that a, a lot of us who, you know, have been to school and everything at one point in your life had the creepy teacher. You you had a creepy teacher somewhere in your life. Yeah. I, uh, we all and can definitely say at some point du- during our schooling we had that one person who was and, like... And I think if if you were... Especially if you were, like, feminine adjacent, because, I mean, yes, like, there's, there's plenty of... There's plenty of lady teachers that are horrible, shitty creeps as well. But but I, I, I just... Everybody had a... Not to the extent of Persona 5, maybe, but everybody had a Kamoshida in their life at some point, I think. And it was just really a lot. <laughs> yeah, and it's a lot, and it's very it's very upfront about it in a way that's very rare for, especially yeah. for a game, to just be like, no, we're not going to be coy about it. This is a thing that's happening. Yes. And, and I, I respect... Persona 5 for that, honestly. I thought that was 
um ballsy of them <laughs> yeah no it, it's very like it's very dragon ballsy if you will mm-hmm. Ball. uh but it, it's very it, it doesn't hold back it it doesn't go like it, it doesn't try to make komashita look good it doesn't try to make him sound good it's like no this is a bastard this, this, this man. man is a horrible, horrible piece of shit. He is loathsome. Fuck this guy. Yeah. And what ends up happening is you end up, by taking his treasure, he starts to feel guilt because you basically take the source of his desire. So he must confront what he has done. And then he basically turns himself in. Yeah, and he, he, tries, he tries to, I think, well... He tries to kill himself. He makes like threats of of suicide, and and then he turns himself in. Well, and... we, to be more accurate, he's basically about to commit seppuku, the ancient art of Sudoku. But I had to get that doesn't. out. But he doesn't because he... An yells at him, being like, "You fucking prick, coward! You suck!" Man. And he's like, "Shit, you're right." And, and the whole thing of kind of this this is going to go towards the the little bit of criticism I do have for Persona Five, the way they treat On's harassment in the 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 first part of this game is very well done. Mm. I I think it's it's very to the point with how it how it makes her feel the the helplessness that she feels and it's treated with a pretty decent amount of respect. And then the game kind of pisses that all away with some of the other stuff. Yeah, it one does, of the. But anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk more about our criticisms later. This moves into the Madarame arc, where you discover after learning about Mementos, the Fresh Maker. Because <laughs> we ha- we Mementos... made Mentos, we made Mentos jokes every single time. We we cannot help ourselves. We are menaces. <laughs> it's true, <laughs> but Mementos is basically like the collective palace subconsciousness made manifest of society of of the general public because as mm-hmm. morgana explains it palaces are when someone deeply distorts their desire to the point where it basically offshots itself on its own into its own thing mm-hmm. whereas mentos is like all of our desires and wants kind of in one place yeah and what we learn is we find one guy, he was a stalker, we changed his heart, and he comes, we, he runs into us somehow and goes like, okay, you guys, uh, hey, if you could do one thing for me, change Madarame's heart. I'm not going to say his full name because it's like fucking ridiculous sounding. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's, he's a bastard and he has this student and you, you need to save him. And you're like, oh, that's weird. And you learn that Madarame is a famous artist, or so he says allegedly allegedly because as you learn he's a plagiarist that's and not only that but he is (laughs) but he is also directly plagiarizing the works of the students under his care yeah which and 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 that's terrible it it is it it is terrible but it is definitely like a step back in a weird way it's it's definitely it doesn't hit the same as as the first one. I, I, we say this is artists. <laughs> yeah, that like plagiarism is bad. 
and like obviously he's deceiving people to make money which is like it's very douchey thing to do but like in terms of like the awfulness aspect it's definitely a step back in terms of it it doesn't have the same um gut punch effect as assaulting your underage students <laughs> both physically and sexually or harassing yeah. a, a, a student because she's hot and i i will want to mention Anna's supposed to be hot she is in fact a model more on that later yeah. but basically what happens is though i do believe this was a lot of this stuff is based after real stuff that happened in mm -hmm. japan and this is kind of one problem with the persona games is that they're very japanese and yeah. I say that as a compliment because it, it's very persona is very what it is and is not ashamed to be like, it's not trying to be like universal. Like it ends up being universal because it's very specific. I think that's a good way to put mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Like you're not, they're not trying to make it mass appealy. Mass appealy. <laughs> I get what you mean. Yeah. But... No, I just like the, it's like, uh, you got to savor the peelies when you get your electronics, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, we do a mass appealing of our electronic devices. But it's really this... sort of... The idea I'm trying to say is it's like sometimes this stuff might get lost on an international audience, just FYI. But, but in that case, I mean, it, it never hurts to look more into the culture that the game's talking yeah. about. Learn a little more. Yeah, it's, le it's, there's some learning. stuff there. Learning is fun. Learning is cool. Reading Rainbow. <laughs> God, a librarian and a teacher having a podcast and we said learning is cool unironically. <laughs> Listen, Strauss, having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card. <laughs> this is true. Get yourself a library card, everyone. But anyway, the point is, we, le we learned that, yes, Madarame is a plagiarist. We also meet a student, a boy named Yusuke Katagawa. He's your son. <laughs> He's my boy. And <laughs> I... I love Yusuke so much. Words cannot convey how much. Don't I worry, love him. we'll talk about more about the characters in a bit. Basically, but this is gonna be a long one. I'm sorry. We should have we should have prefaced this is probably gonna be one of our longer episodes. I, I think they can look at the timestamp and see that. Yes, I know. We should have we should have warned you anyways. <laughs> Point is, it happens. You, you stop Matarame. He breaks down at a press conference. You loved it. <laughs> you love yourself an older gentleman who cried. And it's crying buckets. You were so happy with that. Oh, he's and he's gross crying, too. He's ugly crying. You were so happy. So hot. But it's anyway. also, like, kind of, we're going to talk more about Madarame proper when we talk about Yusuke, because there's some actual interesting stuff there. Mm -hmm. And now we get into what I'm going to call the most forgettable part of this game, Kanashiro. I don't remember what his first name is, and no one really cares. The only He's... important part about this is that we get Makoto as a party member. Yay! M Makoto and... is, by the way, uh, the student council president, and uh, starts off as a bit of a narc and becomes less of a narc. Oh, straw she cut out. Oh, I did. Uh, maybe if it's not, if it was just for you, can you know? Hold on. Anyway, like I was saying, it, it was, uh, the best way to put Makoto. it, Makoto is the student council president. She's a bit of an arc when you meet her, because she's working for the principal, and, and she's trying to do good. She's a goody two-shoes. Her 
heart's in the right place. And basically what what she's trying to investigate is like a bunch of students at Shujin are being like exploited financially and it's like kind of weird. And we discover it's like a little drug ring hosted by this gang. They're not supposed to be Yakuza specifically because Yakuza yeah. don't deal drugs. Mm-hmm. So they're like this like low level gang who make a lot of money. And they're basically run by this guy named Kaneshiro. He's so incredibly boring that I don't remember what his first name is. <laughs> I could look it up, but I don't care enough. I, I think it's fair to say this is the most forgettable member arc of the entire game. Even his palace Nobody is boring. Gives... <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck about Kaneshiro. They really don't. The only important thing is you get Makoto here and you stop this drug ring. And start making a name for the Phantom Thieves. This is also the, yeah. one of the many times where On and Ryuji get you caught as Phantom Thieves by someone else. Because they will... For some reason, they love talking about this shit in public. <laughs> Loudly. <laughs> Loudly in public. And, yeah. Then we move on into what is Summer Vacation. And we get a break from... Strictly... Like... Bad guys, and we get into a bit of a, a different bit as our next palace owner is a girl named Futaba. Yes. Football soccerer. Football soccer. <laughs> Futaba, as it turns out, is the adopted, basically, daughter of uh, your your guardian, Sojiro Sakura. Yeah. And she, uh, she has some problems that she wants you to take care of because you're being attacked by this hacktivist group called Medjed. They're like, we're after you, Phantom Thieves. And we're like, well, uh, what do we do? And she's like, and the guys of Alibaba's like, I can help you if you help me. And so you do. And what you discover is Futaba is uh, basically a perpetual shut-in. Mm-hmm. She is a neat and she's this teenage girl a bit younger than joker she would be a first year in high school in japan yeah which would be the equivalent of a sophomore in Ninth the u.s ah uh, yeah. yeah and yeah, uh, they work a little bit. yeah they, they they their high schools are three years so you have like an extra year junior high i don't it, it's what it is mm. it's odd i don't get it <laughs> i don't get it don't care Anyway, point is, you go go in, and what you discover is she's ha she wants to leave her room because, personally, she knows what's happening to her is, like, weird psychological bullshit, and it's like, oh, you could change my heart. I don't have to deal with this bullshit anymore. And we get our we get a very interesting dungeon, which is a giant pyramid this time. Instead of, last one was a bank. It was boring. Mm -hmm. This time it's a tomb. Ooh, spooky. And it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, this is by far the most memorable dungeon in terms of, like, what it's about. And, of course, it's the closest one to Persona 4 dungeon, which is probably the reason why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, you go through, you learn what happened to poor, poor... Uh... uh Futaba. Yeah, Futaba. God, it's like I, I, I was like, don't call her football again. That joke only works once on a podcast. <laughs> and you help her out. You solve her problem, and you discover it's like, oh no, you're not responsible for your mother's death. Something weird happened. Yeah. And your and mother your... loved you, Futaba. 
Yeah, your your mom actually was not a bad lady. Something fucked her up. Something bad happened, and no one knows what. And basically, in the end, you Futaba accepts the the truth that her mother loved her, and she gains her persona. She helps you out, and you take out her not mom giant sphinx lady. It's weird. It's it, weird. It's it's very very strange, but it it works. It works. It makes sense. I promise. And you gain your fir- your navigator. The navigator role is in every modern Persona game. You get a navigator at, from Fuka to Risei to Futaba. They're non-combative party members who do support shit. Mm-hmm. They're neat. Anyway, you move in. You have, like, summer vacation. Uh, you go to Hawaii for a bit. That was fun. Yeah. You stayed like there. The most- Yusuke was there. Yusuke was supposed to go to Los Angeles. I personally think that there was apparently a mix-up of the flights. I like to think Yusuke just doesn't know the difference between American states. Uh, I just like it because I remember when we streamed this, I pointed out that that, that what the reason why it was a storm over LA, I'm like, that didn't happen. I would Hence know. Hence my point. Hence my point. <laughs> but anyway, the point is, they have... A beach trip and they're like well what do we do next we we have all this stuff and during this whole time poor Morgana's is like i feel useless joku i don't want to talk about it my feelings though because i'm a man Morgana's a but boy by the kid. way yeah, we should mention that despite the very yeah. feminine names morgana is a is dude and and they even address that at one point it's like yes morgana is a boy <laughs> just just, just go, just go with it. But Morgana's having an identity crisis and doesn't want to talk about it. And this leads to the Akumara arc, aka the part everybody hates. <laughs> Which is a shame because it means we get to meet a very wonderful party member. Yeah, we'll get more into the more criticizing parts, but basically what happens is Morgana goes like, well, screw you guys, I'm going to form my own Phantom Thieves with Fancy Feast and ah. other cats. <laughs> he doesn't know what a blackjack is or hookers. <laughs> That's white. He doesn't know what those things are. And when he does so, you it, it creates like a several days long ordeal of the Phantom Thieves feuding because Morgana accuses you of being indecisive and letting the fame go to your head. And, and then it, not really. everybody starts fighting and it's it's it's, not... it's that old trope of miscommunication, derailing things. And it's like it's it, it is manufactured conflict and it's it doesn't work well we'll talk more about it when we get into like massive criticism moment but basically what happens is you do that morgana picked up a a new cohort and she is the beauty thief or really she's haru akumura actually uh the palace's owner's daughter which is interesting she is go for it Explain she Haru. is the, the daughter of basically the CEO of Hamburger. Yep. And uh, she wants to change her father's heart because he, he doesn't treat the employees well and she doesn't like that. 
but it's way cooler sounding. Also because he's forcing her to get married to a, a, a massive bastard for political gain. Mm-hmm. So we've got to save Haru, and we for love marriage. Haru, but all of it sucks. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, the problem with this arc specifically, just real quick, is that they try to do two things in once and it doesn't work. We'll get more into why in a bit. But yeah, you ultimately end up going through his long moon base bullshit that isn't very fun. <laughs> with not that great of music. And uh, you stop him. But, oh no, he died. That's weird. You've been told that there's another guy running around with a black mask and he's killing people. And, and a little uh, subtext to that, too. Not subtext, but additional. There's been this whole thing in the background of somebody making people have these mental breakdowns, making them either go into comas or, like, snap and freak out. And, or straight like, up die. Yeah. Which is what happens to Haru's dad. He Live dies on, on national television with, with black stuff leaking out of his eyes and nose and mouth. It's very and, metal. It's it's pretty gnarly. Like the like the uh, mental attack deaths are fucking brutal in this. Yeah. This is not the first one, but prior to that, the principal got murdered in a similar fashion, which is really funny mm -hmm. because it's like really a principal was in on this grand conspiracy. Yes. It, it it's not that it's bad, it's just really funny. <laughs> it's like, why is this guy attached to it? Because exactly, you, that's why. There's be be ready for that. And then what happens is you end up afterwards being, well, he's been in like the background as a side character. His name is Goro Akechi, and he is Sardo's least favorite Goro that he can think of. He he is the the new detective prince. Taking the place of dear old Naoto from Persona 4. This does not hold a candle. Of course not. One of these is cute. The other one is a tall, lanky 18-year-old who's annoying. <laughs> but he's like, I, f I got caught you red-handed. But I need your help with something. I need you to steal the treasure of Seinijima, Makoto's older sister. and ever Who has also been, like, in the framing device interrogating you for the past for the whole game you'll be very sick of that by the way every single time the the animation started to go back to that we were both like uh it's just that every time you start a new social link or confidant as it's called here you go back to it and it's so not fun <laughs> It got boring after a while to, like, go back. It's like, who did this? And you're and nothing happens. I don't know why they did that. I have no idea. It's 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 not great. Anyway, point is, he's like, ha-ha, I, ca I caught you red-handed, so here you go. You do this thing for me, and you disband. I'll make sure bad things don't happen to you. So you go in the palace. It's a casino. It has the best palace music in the in the base game it has lyrics and it's funky mm -hmm. yes and you go through you run into say shadow who's hot it's very hot she's extremely hot 
I mean, her, Makoto's older sister is very attractive to begin with. But but her shadow form is just mwah. Yeah. It's the dress. The dress is amazing. The hat. The fishnet. Whoever made this understood how to make a hot person. They cooked. So Shigenori Shoujima, who makes who does the character art for these games, he cooked very hard. Yes. But what you discover is you've been betrayed by uh, Akechi. It's very obvious. It's not even like it. It's not even close to. The only character, the problem is the only, with this, is the only character who could possibly be otherwise betray you is Haru, and that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you're betrayed, and you discover that, yes, this is part of a grand conspiracy. That bald jerk from before is named Shido, and he's the reason why you've been in this mess in the first place. And he's a politician. He's running to become prime minister. <laughs> and he's clearly part of the SDP. Uh, or the LDP in real life. Mm-hmm. This game does not like Shinzo Abe, and neither do we, so we can all agree there. Yes. But because of that, it kind of means Cheeto's politics are just kind of in the background and don't matter. Yeah. Bit of a problem there, not gonna lie. And it's it's more just kind of generally riding on the fact that it's like, Shido is an unpleasant person in all ways. There is nothing redeeming about him. <laughs> None. But yeah, so you end up outsmarting Akechi, outsmarting Shido, to the point where you, you're going to change Shido's heart, and this is where the game gets incredibly unrealistic about you taking on a politician. <laughs> and then uh, you, you beat a catchy again and he's like ah you beat me ah I, I, and he goes feral which he goes from being your least favorite to now your least favorite but tolerable. better <laughs> tolerable he's a lot more fun when he goes feral mm -hmm. when he's a disgusting weasel boy trying to murder you is way more fun than when he's trying to pretend to be charming <laughs> And he's so pissy. He is just the, the pissiest little thing. It's great. I love it. It's like, oh, this is the real you? This is way funnier. I, I just, I, it's like, I want to kill you with blood so you'll die. It's like, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> and right. He has, he's edgy. It, when he starts being edgy, it's so much more fun. Especially because it's... Robbie Damon, who plays him in English, is just having the time of his life. <laughs> oh, my God. Like... All the flowers in the world to Robbie Damon. Yeah. <laughs> and this whole voice cast is great, but Robbie Damon is like, he, he's just hitting bangers here. Yeah. And then uh, you beat Shido in this really insanely long boss fight where he's dressed up as Char from Gundam. If you know who and that he is. And like, he's mounted on this like lion that's made out of like bodies and faces and that kind of fucks. Oh no, that, that design is awesome because it's like the will of the people representation it's neat mm -hmm. but in the end you beat him but what you discover is despite beating shido things aren't going according to plan and not in a way that you're sure about and what you discover is when you go into mementos and you get to the bottom of mementos down at the bottom is the holy quail no wonder they never found it it's in japan yeah. <laughs> who would have guessed <laughs> you were looking in the wrong place those dum-dums oh galahad <laughs> He went the wrong direction. It's not in Europe. Who'd have guessed? 
But what you discover is, is that the Velvet Room, which has been a constant throughout the series, has been actually accosted by Yadableth, <laughs> the god of control and a part of Gnosticism. If you know what that is, congratulations. If you don't look it up, it's weird. I'm not going to yes, explain it's... it. I'm not going to explain the schism of Gnosticism in the Christian faith. Yeah. <laughs> it's complicated, people, and it's really weird. <laughs> it's heretical. Mm-hmm. And what you discover is that, hey, the, the twin wardens who've been annoying to you, they're actually Lavenza, who is the real person who lets you in. The real the Velvet Attendant. They fuse to make one slightly larger, taller girl? Yeah, one slightly larger girl. Uh... But, uh, and, and Igor is back. I remember, this was so funny to me, because you're like, I don't like this Igor. I'm like, don't say it, 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 don't, don't, don't even hit at it. Because, like, the, the whole time, the, the, the first three quarters of the game, he's got this very obvious, weird voice changer kind of thing going on. It, they, they took an already deep-voiced man, David Loge, obviously. It's very obviously David Loge. <laughs> We we play too much too much Dynasty Warriors not to recognize that voice immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, "Hello, welcome to my velvet room." And it's very Hello. weird because uh, <laughs> Igor in every other appearance is, "Hello, welcome to the velvet room." Mr. Burns. He's Mr. Burns, but good and with a long ass nose. Yes. But, but yeah, we, we get Igor back. Yeah, we get Igor back, and it's great because he's back to normal, and suddenly he's pleasant. <laughs> and then we we fight the God of Control. We beat him up after giving a pep speech, and that would be the end of Vanilla. We're gonna go into the royal stuff later because that's a whole new thing. Mm -hmm. Th this isn't like in Persona Four Golden where it's just another dungeon they added before the final boss to remind you that hey, yeah, by the way, the final boss exists. Yeah. So, I guess we're going to start off by, uh, let, let's do a complimentary sandwich. What's your, what are the things that you liked about Persona 5 that isn't having anything to do with Royal? We're going to talk about that stuff later. Aesthetics popped the fuck off. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, this game, like, everyone gets a cool costume. Everyone, yeah. like, all the menus are, like, stylized visuals sound yeah all, all of it it just it's a good looking game it's it's beyond good looking it's scrumptious and it's like it's all art direction too because like graphically it's nice mm -hmm. but it's the art direction is just top tier shit it's beautifully stylized and um trying to think of what else like I also do think that the the entire cast is very endearing. Yeah, like, one of the things that uh, a friend of mine said, and I agreed with her, is that I really like this cast quite a bit. Yeah. They're not my favorite, but, like, I think they're really good. They're really fun. We'll get more they're, into they're, their issues later. Their dynamic isn't my favorite, but I love them all individually. Yeah, they're fun. They're enjoyable. And also the gameplay, this is the part that you can't mention because I was the one playing it. The gameplay yeah. is smooth as butter. It's a bit easy 
it, it's very mm-hmm. easy to kind of like invalidate a lot of stuff if you know what you're doing. Yeah. But it is so much fun to play. All the mechanics are really fun. The confidants are mostly fine. We'll talk about those in a bit. <laughs> we'll talk oh. about those in a bit. And the other thing I really loved so many of the persona designs. Oh yeah. It's so good. One of the things I, I really like because every persona cast has like sort of a different overarching sort of like theme for their personas. Like for uh Persona three, it was all like Greek Greco Roman stuff for the most part. Like mm-hmm. Koromaru, the dog, gets a persona of Cerberus, obviously. Uh <laughs> Uh, June Pace was Hermes, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main characters was Orpheus. This makes a lot of sense if you know Persona 3. <laughs> but, you know, you got a bunch of stuff like that. Except Isis. Isis was kind of the weird, odd one out. Unless yeah. you know about how Romans work. <laughs> <laughs> if you know about it, if you know about your Romans, you know they love taking other people's gods. <laughs> they sure do. <laughs> And then, like, Persona 4 was all very, like, Japanese myth. So you have stuff like Sukuna Hikina, uh, Takamikazuchi, Uzume, uh, Izanagi was the main protagonist one, Jiraiya, uh, Tomoe Gozen, who may or may not have actually existed. We don't know. Mm-hmm. No one knows, Joker. Yeah. And, uh, this one was all, like, famous rebels. So, some of them are literary characters, like, uh, Anz is Carmen, uh, Milady for Haru, Zoro for Morgana, which is really funny for some reason to me. We're giving the cat a big buff dude with a sword. He's a healer. (laughs) all like just really excellent personas yeah. very good not not all of them were hits but there were way more hits than this i would say all the initial ones were hits and it's mm-hmm. the second tier ones not so much the the, the, the second tier ones were kind of like hit or miss some some we like yeah. more than others the third tier ones got back to like combining the two ideas together and it's neat. Like Makoto's yes. was a motorcycle and changing it from not a motorcycle kind of ruined it. Y- Johanna was perfect. In Johanna is such a great, like I hate how great it is because it's just like, you can't change it. <laughs> Johanna should have been her final stage. Yeah. Because like, like everyone has this cool design. So like Makoto's whole thing is like, she's a biker and she's a, badass and it's kind of mad maxi and it's neat and we like that it's very cool it's very cool also i will i will be right back let's pause for a second anywho i I think really to continue onwards like the persona designs are great the monster designs continue to be great because they were already designed and they're already great to begin with yeah and it, the game looks awesome. Also, the music slaps, but that's just... A great soundtrack to a Persona game is, like, saying you have a tasty Mexican food dish. Yeah. 
it's like, it's that way by default. Yeah, it, it's delicious already. You're not you're not really making anything special by doing a good soundtrack. Yeah. Not because it's bad, it's just because that's normal stuff. But I guess that leads to... It's time the... for the middle part of the compliment sandwich, the part where we start being negative. <laughs> uh... Uh, Stans, this is where you stop the podcast now and wait a while. <laughs> but but also, like, don't worry, we're not going to say anything too mean. <laughs> I don't know, I might say something. It depends on what you define by too mean. But we'll find out. Yeah. So I, I guess this leads to sort of one of the biggest problem or problems with Persona 5. I'm going to start with sort of how the cast is written. Because, mm -hmm. like, I want to preface this by saying I like this cast. I think they're very fun. Yes. The game certainly does love making them do dumb shit. I'm not There's... sure... If you've seen this Sardo, but ever it's been going around again. There was like, there, there was the scene in Hawaii where like, oh, Aunt's like, I trust you guys not to do anything weird, and I'm like, yeah, I wish the writers were the same way. I feel that immensely. <laughs> like Aunt is a great example of kind of like what the, the problem with this game at times, where it's just like her whole thing is like she's being sexually harassed by a teacher. She can't make it stop. She's just trying to ignore it until it becomes impossible to ignore. You finally stop him, and then the game loves putting her in situations that make her uncomfortable. Yeah. Constantly. And then there's even the, the deal of, like, because, okay, a lot of the Phantom Thieves, their outfits are cool. But it's like, Anz is, is very... It's... It's like a skin-tight red leather cat suit. Literally. Let's be real. She's dressed there's like a, a lot cat. Of <laughs> there's, there's a lot of focus on, like, her butt, and she, she has, like, the worst scoliosis I've ever seen in her like, Phantom Thief mode. They really sculpted that booty. They gave her cleavage. No one else really... I mean, the booty thing happens to Makoto, too, but she's wearing, like, leather, so... Yeah. That's inevitable. When, when you decide to dress like Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns, people are gonna know what your butt looks like. <laughs> They don't draw attention to it the way they do. No, with they do not. And like with on, it's just like literally the next arc. They put her. They're like, you gotta pose nude on. But it's the only way we're getting in. And it's just like, we just had this discussion. <laughs> and, and like, thank fucking god, the person that she's being forced to pose nude for is Yusuke, who. Tagawa. <laughs> Dut, who doesn't understand... Uh, well, I don't think he... I think he probably does understand what sex is. He just doesn't care about it because it's not art. <laughs> yeah. Or at least he doesn't know it's not art yet. He hasn't seen the Kama Sutra, obviously. Fair enough. But <laughs> it, it's like, literally, they, they jump to this and it's like, it's kind of this underlying thing of, well, it's okay because it's her friends that are trying to force her into this very uncomfortable situation against her will, even though she's clearly saying, I don't want to do this. And it does it more than once. This, this isn't a one-off thing, by the way. Mm -hmm. it's, it's this really big problem of, like, very inconsistent writing for the, especially for On. 
But it's like other characters have this problem where it's just like they just get treated really awkwardly by the plot and the story. Like, oh, poor Haru and her lack of screen time. Oh. We might as well talk about it. So Haru is the last party member you get in Vanilla, specifically, Mm -hmm. other than the Goro Akechi experience for one month. (laughs) But, like, Haru has to share her arc, which is directly dealing with her father, with Morgana, and it's not well done. It's and, not. and it just it it doesn't really measure up between yeah my my dad is being awful and I'm in an arranged marriage that I want no part of with but what if I'm really a cat yeah and it's just like the worst part about this is it's not the setup that's the problem it doesn't come out of nowhere Morgana's been dealing with this for like two months now in game. Mm-hmm. But it's just like every time it comes up, you're like, hey, man, you can go like, hey, man, you want to talk about it? Clearly something's kind of bugging you. I'm here for you. And he doesn't do it. He's like, nah, never mind. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the most human reaction possible by a guy is not taking someone his hand when needing to get help. <sighs> and what this culminates in like the whole feud between specifically Ryuji and Morgana, which okay, I'm gonna be super real. It's bad. This whole it, sequence it feels... is awful and annoying. It's, it's very forced. Well, like in first six years, he's like, "You guys are letting fame go to your heads," and it's just like, not really, no, no. Even Ryuji's like, "Man, it would be cool if I could be famous for this," which is just a, which is an understandable thing for a teenager to want. Yeah. And it's like, you guys aren't being decisive. It's like, they're they're like, this guy skyrocketed to the top of the list, and we need to have full, like, unanimous decision-making before we go after a target. And people are having their doubts because this is kind of weird. This doesn't happen like that normally. And it's just... And also... Oh, go for it. And also, I think there's kind of the general thing, too, of... Having this human boy beef with a cat. <laughs> yeah, like, that... Legitimately beef with a cat. Well, it also doesn't help that, in, in fairness, Morgana does talk. I know we make him sound like this, but he sounds like a normal person. <laughs> it's, it's Cassandra Lee Morris voicing him. And, and she gives him a very, like, normal-sounding voice. We don't. We don't. <laughs> it's facts. But it, 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 what makes, what's problematic for it, and I think you'll agree with me, it's just also, like, Morgana's really mean to Ryuji, like, the entire game. <laughs> like, for some reason, like, Ryuji is the target of everyone. He, he is the butt monkey of the group. Yeah. Kind sort of, like, in this way that, like, Makes it feel like the one time, like, Ryuji really retaliates by calling Morgana useless jokingly, like, makes it feel like Morgana's throwing this hissy fit because he got made fun of one time after he's been basically making fun of Ryuji for being stupid, incompetent, dumb, bad at his job, basically the entire game. Really not work. And it's the fact that, like, we have to, like, capitulate and 
make Morgana feel better about himself is also like, okay. I personally interpret it as the rest of the Phantom Thieves being like, I don't want to deal with this bullshit anymore. Let's just get it over with. <laughs> it's like, let's placate him that the cat's throwing a fit. <laughs> Which is really funny, by the way. <laughs> Which is a funny sentence, but it's just like this whole arc is awful. Like the dungeon, the, the palace itself isn't very fun. The boss fight isn't very fun. Like the music isn't the best for the for the palaces, which you know range from either really good to oh all right. It's just that this sequence is not fun, and it takes several days before Morgana finally like comes to his senses and realizes like oh wait this is a bad I'm being bad I'm sorry guys. And also, I kind of suck by myself. <laughs> and also, I'm not teaching Haru correctly and taking all of her screen time. <laughs> it's so bad. Like, Haru, poor Haru. Like, the next arc has to deal with Makoto again. And it's just like, God. Did you did you, did you you realize there's, like, a point in the game where Yusuke and Haru just stop interacting? Yeah. They, like, they just stop talking to each other. It's very sad. It's very sad. Like, Haru just sadly gets, like, zero screen time. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if she was one of the few social links people didn't complete on a first playthrough. Yeah. Because she comes in at, like, September. Her social link doesn't start to October. And she hasn't been involved in the plot. Like, in Vanilla, the first time you see her is a cutscene that happens after you get Makoto. Yeah. That's the first time Haru she's seen. Gets- absolutely boned by the narrative and and by the like the amount of screen time she gets it's just not fair and she's not the only one like even Yusuke if if, if Yusuke wasn't a source of comedy he would he doesn't do a lot he really doesn't (laughs) and neither does on for that matter really it's just kind of like you get all these party members and like the only one who stays consistently important is Futaba because she knows how to work computers not that that's a bad thing. We like Futaba, it's just... Yeah, and, and we're not complaining about, like, you know, one character getting more screen time over the others. It's just, it would have been nice if they'd all gotten a nice, healthy amount of screen time. If there's one thing 4 did a lot better, and it, this is one of my big criticisms of 5, is that 5 doesn't have enough slice-of-life moments. Agreed. Agreed. I, I understand some people don't care for the slice of life moments in four, but I feel like they're really important for establishing character reports. Like four has some of the best dialogue and funniest yes. lines. Like it tastes boneless. <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> try it. You oh, it's gay. It's terrible. You have to try this. <laughs> And I think that's what's missing from 5. Yeah, like, and one of the things they added in Persona 5 Royal is all those, like, really cute photos. Like, look, I took a picture of us hanging out. Those were from Royal because even Atlas and the studio understood, like, "Eh, we need more. It's like, okay, we're following this group of friends through their trials and tribulations. Let's see them hanging out, too. Let's see them being friends. Yeah, it's like one of the things that Persona 4, and Golden especially, does very well, is, like, give you ample time to really, like, get to know the characters, like, as a group. Like, you have a beach trip, and it's really funny because Kanji loses his swimsuit, and you're like, 
you offered to do like a seashell bra and he's like no that's too sexy <laughs> and that's and I, and I think it's great the other thing looping into that directly is i think five is a little scared to let its characters be more silly from yes time to and time. this is this was going back to like i always i felt after playing through this game another time is that five has a bad tendency to just be too cool. It's, it's cool to its own detriment. Yes. It's like everyone has to be like, look good, be good, act cool. Like everyone has to be cool and look awesome except Ryuji, which is why all like the stuff happens to Ryuji throughout the plot. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it, like, it all, like, one of the things Persona 4 had is that, like, everyone kind of gets made fun of at one point or another. Like, yeah. Kanji, I mean, the but Kanji's the butt of some really poorly aged jokes that don't mm -hmm. work anymore, but, well, except the part where he, at, at the beach trip, that's hilarious. <laughs> he was but wearing like, a Speedo. <laughs> but but everybody... You don't really feel like anybody is kind of above it all. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like people, like the source of comedy is a lot of like something bad happens to. Usually, it happens to Yosuke, but usually because he caused it to happen to himself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or like Chie acts like a dork and bees dumb. Uh, Yukiko acts weird because she like lasted everything, like a hyena. Even Rise is just, like, a bit too much. Like, it feels like Persona 5 is unwilling to let most of its cast be dumb teenagers. Yeah, it's like, they're they're not cringy enough. Yeah, they're not, there's not enough cringe here. So, while this cast it's... is super endearing, you kind of feel like when they hang out with each other, everything just kind of goes a bit too well. It's It's a little too stiff and a little too, like, scripted. They're, 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 it's weird. They're weirdly kind of formal with each other a lot of the time. Yeah, it's like... One of the things about, like, Persona... Like, I once again, I'm going to try to keep this to, to as when it matters, but this is when it does matter, because Persona 4's character writing is really strong. Mm-hmm. As, as you would know, because you were there. I was there. You, you was there, Sordo. You saw it with your own eyes. But it was just... Like, in Persona 4, like, you would have all these slice-of-life moments where, like, you get this really interesting idea of, like, everyone's dynamic with each other. Like, how Chie and Yukiko have been friends since they were little kids. Or how, like, Yosuke has only been living in Inaba for, like, a year. Or how, like, yeah. Kanji's, like, delinquency is really just because he's been struggling with his own identity. And, like, as you get to know him, he's actually a really sweet guy. Rise is actually extremely horny, <laughs> and, and it's but it's in a good sort way. Of, like I, I like to describe the the friendship dynamics of four versus five as kind of it's always sunny in Philadelphia versus Friends. <laughs> yeah, which seems maybe a little too mean to five, but but you get what I mean. Wait, which one? Which one's the friends? Which one's the bad one in the situation? So people understand uh, what you mean. <laughs> Five is friends in that it's just, it's... The friends part of friends is kind of tenuous as it feels if you watch friends long enough. It just comes off a little more rigid. 
Yeah, and it's like one of the best examples of this is like kind of comparing like introduction of new party members in four versus five. In five, like you have it, they get their cool moment, and then it's just like, well, you're now part of the group. We yep, act like you've always here. been here. <laughs> Whereas like in Persona Four, there's like this whole like when Naoto joins the party, and because Naoto's the only character with a brain cell. There's two brain cells between between all these kids, and one of them is permanently now held by Naoto. And what does Naoto suggest that they do? Do you remember? Immediately I, I, after joining? I don't remember. Naoto goes, we have no idea what happens if you go into this TV weird other world. We should go to the hospital and get a checkup. The, the the one good piece of advice. Yeah, it's like, you've just been going in and out of this thing. You have no idea if it's affecting your body. It doesn't, by the way. You're fine. You're fine. Except Teddy. No one knows what the fuck's going on with Teddy. <laughs> well, Teddy was already fucked up to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Teddy is a mystery, and the game refuses to explain. Probably for the better. But, like, with Five, it's just this character dynamic feels like they're co-workers at times. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember someone said, it's like, like, it, you know, one of those, like, give your opinion tweets. And I saw someone, it's like, oh, you really get a sense of how actually close they are when you play all of the spinoffs. I, you kind of, the the problem is being pointed out in the tweet itself. Mm-hmm. And it, it really is a problem, because there's, like, like, when Haru joins the group, it's like, they act like she's been there for a long time, and she's been there for, like, three months. She just... <laughs> She just got here. <laughs> Literally. And it's just, it, it makes you feel like these characters, it's like, they just don't have that. It doesn't, part of that is because they live in Tokyo. Yeah. And so like, they, they're, like one of the things about like Inaba as a setting in four is that it makes sense why these people would hang out with each other. There's literally nothing else to do here. Yeah. You have to make your own fun. And, like, wait until it's, like, a season where you can go do something. There's nothing to do, Midfall. So what do you do? You hang out with your, fr your friends at the food court at the mall. There you go. But, like, Persona 5, it's, like, An can do her fashion stuff. Makoto can, like, do whatever. Haru can go walk around town visiting cafes. Yusuke can go eat paint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, like... You feel the problem immediately when you're playing it because it's just those slice of life moments really do matter in establishing a rapport between characters. Five added more, but it's still not like Royal added more, but it's not enough. It, it's still it's lacking. It's <sighs> lacking. And, and like another problem is sometimes the also on the character writing section, it's just like some of the confidants aren't very good. Yeah. Like, Ons is awful. It is so unfocused and unsure what it wants to be about. Like, it starts off with, like, On wants to be stronger because, like, she wasn't strong enough to help Shiho, which is an understandable feeling after tragedy. And then it's like, how do I get stronger? I don't know. I'm gonna be an action movie star. Cool. I'm... I guess. And and then nothing comes of that. And, and then it's and like, then... actually, I'm going to be even better model because this one model is a 
bitch. <laughs> and it's just like, wow, this really has no focus. And it sucks because on is like on has so much to build upon. Like she's literally one of the first people you meet. And and it's just it's a mess. It's a mess. And you know, hers is and like some of the other social links because I refuse to call them confidants. Mhm. You can't make me game just because it sounds I cooler. I refuse. It's just like Makoto's is okay. But it spends way too much time focusing on her new friend, Ike Aiko, instead of, like, Makoto instead herself. Mak- and most of what we get from that is, oh, Makoto's friend thinks that you and Makoto are dating, and you have to pretend like your boyfriend-girlfriend around her. And, oh, isn't that a silly kind of meet-cute setup? I mean, Makoto is very popular, and I do like her, so I, I, I'm she's, fine she's, she's very cute. We we like Makoto yeah. a whole lot. Once again, we like all these characters. We're more complaining how they're treated. <laughs> yes. Like, but this is, like, in stark contrast to, say, like, Futaba's or even Yusuke's or even Ryuji's. Ryuji's social link is actually very fun. Yeah. Because it's, like, about him sort of, like, getting back into shape after, like, getting his knee busted by Komashita. And, like, dealing with the fact that, like, oh, hey, his old friends in the track team are being exploited. That's uncool. I should do something about that. And standing up to for himself. And be like, I did this because I still care about you guys enough to at least help you. Or Futaba's. You... Oh, go. You finish up Ryuji's. Yeah. But but yeah, even even if you never accept me back as, like, one of your people, then that's fine. And, yeah, and Futaba, which is all about, like, her... Because she used to have this, like, goal list with, with her mom, and she's doing that again, and she's trying to complete these goals, like, having a conversation with someone my age, and, like, getting back out there in life, and... It's very... I, I have a... Yeah, no, keep going. I have a lot of very strong emotions about Futaba's social link, and, I, and they, they are good emotions. Yeah, they're good emotions, and it's really well done, because it's really, like, she's trying to get back out into the world... And be like a not a a shut in basically, and, who lives in like I, garbage. <laughs> I do appreciate that there's a lot about Futaba's particular arc that's handled with a surprising amount of like dignity and kindness, and it's not just oh she's a shut in, isn't she gross? Isn't she weird? You know she's gonna fix herself by getting back out in society. It's like. This is a gradual process, and a lot of things that make Futaba herself are perfectly fine, and she doesn't need to change those things yeah, in it, order to be yeah, happy and successful. It's like, what I really like about it, and what makes, like, On so much worse, it, by comparison, it's like, no, Futaba being a fucking gremlin is fine. She yeah. just needs to go out there and, like, interact with people, and just be a part of the world, and not just shut in her room. And it also leads to, like, a very, like, whoa moment with an old friend of hers, which is just, oh, I see. Very dark. Very dark, but, like, it turns out great, and her friend and her meet back up, and it's very sweet. Yeah, and and there's, like, hope there and a light at the end of the tunnel. 
and it's it makes Ons so comparatively disappointing because this is what you're capable of, Five. Yeah, you it's can like do this. Yeah, Five has this really bad tendency with its writing to either be incredibly well done or just dropping the ball all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like another great example is like use case is also really good where it's like, it's about him like getting stuck with art block and realizing like he's been just like not going about it in the right way. And also learning that, Hey, maybe his, you know, Madarame was a bastard, but he wasn't pure evil. That, that he did good things as well as bad things and kind of coming to terms with both sides of that, that both can be true. Yeah. It, it, it's Yusuke sort of ultimately coming to realize that like, yes, my feelings towards Madarame are allowed to be complicated and weird and that's fine. And, and I am allowed to accept both beauty and ugliness into my world because both things make for a more complete vision. Yeah. And, and it's, it's better a, art. And it's a really good good like mini story with characters and then you get shit like with Chahaya which is just like I'm in a cult <laughs> and it's again really well done you don't really feel like the people that are being brought into this are like stupid for falling for it it's actually a lot about how cults work yeah it's not the best one but it's it's fine it's just like some of the social links are way better than others, which has always been a problem in these games, but some of them, like, Ons is just disappointing. It's glaringly different, and it, it it's it's sad, because I like On. Exactly, I like On too, and she's neat, and she's pretty, and she deserves better. <laughs> she does. And I feel like part of the problem is, and and we talked about this before when we were doing the, okay, we just don't want to... F- be stuck in Connoisseur's Palace for longer than we have to. We started talking about this. I mm-hmm. feel like the stuff they really wanted to do with On, they couldn't do because they did it beforehand in Persona 2. You didn't see me right. play Innocent Sin, but there's a character who is highly influential to the Lover's Arcana characters, and that's specifically the character of uh, Lisa Silverman, or Ginko, as she gets called by in her cattiness with ikichi who you would love yes you've seen him he's meant Mm -hmm. for you right down to his goofiness yes but it's just like it feels like they wanted to talk more about like how on's kind of othered or it's what they should have done because it like they do mention it like on's a blonde-haired blue-eyed biracial person in japan where that's not normal. And and I think they they like very minutely touch upon kind of how this otherness gets like kind of fetishized by people and you know it's seen as like different and she's kind of like overly sexualized because of it because just because she looks different. <laughs> she she's different and she's hot. Yeah. And that's an interesting discussion. And the game only kind of approaches it. Like, the, the the faintest of brushstrokes to the point where it it's practically negligible. Yeah, and that's with the character writing. Also, like, the villains get progressively worse 
Oh my god. Like it, it the the low point is Kaneshiro who is so boring and un unmemorable that like honestly, do you remember anything about him? I only remember that he had kind of a cool boss form. I liked that he was like a fly because he's supposed to be Beelzebub because we're going with like different different demons for this and round of bad guys. Sin. But yeah, that's about it. Like that, that was like the only memorable thing about him. Yeah, the <laughs> only thing I remember about him is that he kind of was fly-like when we fought him, and, and it, it that is funny because he does all the the twitchy hand things, and it's great. Like I I I thought that was the coolest thing about him. <laughs> it, and you're you're not wrong. It is like Madarame is a step down from Komashida. Kanashiro is a step down from there. Akumura is like a lateral step from Kanashiro, mm -hmm. and then you get to like. Say Say's interesting, but she's less evil villain and more of like misguided. And also her her palace is kind of cool because it's casino themed. And, and it's all about like how the Japanese justice system is kind of fucked up. If you played Ace Attorney, you already know where, where this is going. <laughs> mm -hmm. And yes, we did make it an Ace Attorney joke at one point. <laughs> Several points, probably. But it's like Oh, it's like how, like, the scales are weighted in favor of the prosecution. It di didn't matter if, even if evidence was forged. It's all about winning, and that's fucked up and not cool. And it's a good, it's a good thing we don't have to deal with that in America, right, Strauss? Uh, I mean, it's not as bad. <laughs> Our conviction yeah. rate isn't nearly as bad. 99.9% so conviction rate is absurd. It, it's... Yeah, it's beyond absurd, yeah. and, it, and it bears commenting upon. <laughs> yeah, and then it's just like, and then of course, a catchy as like sort of like a dark reflection of yourself is, well, we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah. And then, and then, there, but then you get to Shido, and like Shido is maybe the worst villain in this game. Shido sucks. And the reason why <laughs> I say that is not because he's bad or what he does is good, secretly good. It's just that, Sardo... I want to ask you hmm. a question. I've, I've been waiting. I've been uh -huh. holding this question back for this podcast. I might ask you again later. But mm -hmm. how does it feel to be playing the exact same overall plot as Yakuza Like a Dragon, but worse? <laughs> it makes me wish I was playing Yakuza Like a Dragon instead. Yeah, because it's just like one of the problems with this game's theme of rebellion is that it. It's very juvenile way of doing it. That's mm -hmm. how I like to describe it. Because it's like, you know, yeah, and it's very safe. It's very safe. It's very juvenile. It's safe in that juvenile way where it's like you understand that like corruption is bad. People who abuse their power is bad. But it has nothing isn't really that corrupt. Yeah, isn't that corrupt? Doesn't that erode the people's trust? Once again, Neil Breen is the, the gift that somehow keeps on giving for us. <laughs> but it doesn't really do anything with it. Well, it doesn't say anything beyond, like, corruption bad, which is like, yeah, sure. No it shit. <laughs> Everyone here knows that. Like Mingus Reedus. <laughs> Sorry, I, I was trying to find the, the exact quotes, and I know it's somewhere in here, but, like, it's just that what's frustrating about five is that like it clearly knows what it, that like it's on the right track but it doesn't really know what to say beyond row row fight the power I, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry i'm saying it wrong 
Row, row, fight the power. That's better. There we go. Doing the right thing. But it, that is what it's like. I just, I wish it could have just taken that and run with it a little more. It, it just needs to say something honest. Like, and yeah. you, 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 it's one of those things where you can't just say, isn't that immoral? Isn't that cheating the public? Like, yeah, it is. But it's not commentary. It's not satire. Yeah. It's just blindly stating the truth it's just yeah it's it's making a very obvious statement <laughs> and it just doesn't work and it just makes it feel like what are you talking about and like i'm not asking for thrilling social commentary in all of my persona games but like the thing is persona 5 proved that it could do some really insightful stuff. That's that's the reason we're so frustrated with it is because it's capable of that. Yeah, it, the the best way to put it is is that this game is capable of being very thoughtful, insightful, or saying something on maybe even honestly profound. Like with Futaba, it it honestly states like the problem with Futaba is that she's you know she got hurt in a way that is awful. And that's not her fault, And but who she is is not the problem. It's just getting yes. over her fears of what could happen. And that's great. That's lovely. It just needs to keep going. Yeah, it, it just... You just wish it would actually take the step into be, being... And sometimes I wonder if that's just because, like, we're in an English-speaking nation, and we aren't, like... It's very obvious that Shido's supposed to be Shinzo Abe, or, like, yeah. Abe-esque. But, like... Are we just missing context because, you know, we don't live in the country where these policies directly affect us? I'm sure that could be part of it. I'm definitely sure that's part of it, but it's also, like... Then I remember Yakuza's, like, like a dragon, just, like straight up says like no this is a bad thing that he's doing and this is the and this is like it it actually goes that extra step and makes you think like okay maybe not yeah so it, it i i think my my grievances with yak not not yakuza persona 5 is that i just wish it had been braver <laughs> yeah i mean this was a problem also in 4 but at least with 4 it like the messiness of it is at least honest to like people yeah here it just feels like you could have done more. And I do wonder if that is because like the production for Persona 5 was wild. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it took eight years to make this game start. <laughs> wow. It, this game had a very troubled development. <laughs> but to stop being critical for a moment, let's talk more about some of the characters because we haven't really talked about the Goro Akechi experience <laughs> of just like, he is one of the most popular characters in this game and you aren't a fan of him or a big fan of him. I don't I, know. And, and I, I want to preface this by saying, if you are an Akechi fan, that's awesome. 
I I can oh I can genuinely see why a lot of people would enjoy Akechi as a character. I think that there are definitely traits about him that are probably endearing to a lot of people. I personally dislike Akechi very deeply because he reminds me of myself as a young person. <laughs> Which is a totally understandable thing. He gets a lot better when he like he goes mask off and becomes a feral lunatic at, at times. But the Akechi we're introduced to is, you know, he's got the whole boy detective thing going on, and he's he's pretentious. He is so pretentious. He carries a monogrammed briefcase. He wears, like, leather gloves with his school uniform, and he goes to jazz clubs. Yeah, he, and... he, he's definitely... I, I remember, because one of the other streamers that I follow, because... She, he's her favorite but it took the entire game for her to actually start liking him <laughs> yeah <laughs> with that said i do think with a catchy he's at least interesting as a reflection yes. as a dark reflection of the re protagonist okay i'm gonna ask you a very odd question or maybe it isn't go odd. ahead he and adachi from four are dark reflections of protagonists. Who do you think executed it better? Definitely Akechi. Oh, really? I'm surprised you didn't pick Adachi because I was I would say Adachi. I I don't know. I think there's a lot of traits about Akechi versus the the protagonist here that it just very interesting to me. Oh oh no, absolutely. I think what I really like about Akechi as a dark reflection, it's this that, like, if he just bothered to talk about his problems with somebody else, maybe he doesn't become this. Once again, men will literally go into another dimension to to kill off their problems instead of going to therapy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think overall, Akechi is, like, a fascinating character because I can one million percent see how he got to the point that he was at and how he developed the kind of personality that he had. I, again, I dislike Akechi mm -hmm. the way I do because he is so relatable to me. <laughs> yeah, and I totally get that. It reminds you of a past self that you've long since gotten rid of. Yeah. And I get that. For me, I, I, I also think what helps is that Akechi also gets the, the mythical third semester to help... <laughs> To give one more good moment. In fact, I think we should start talking about some of the new stuff in Royals. Specifically, actually, before we do that, let's talk about some of the other side characters real quick. Yeah. Because there's a lot of them. Uh, number mm -hmm. one, Peepaw. Sotaro Sakura. Peepaw. Love that man. The the dad of all time, who yeah. I was not super fond of initially. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, oh, I'm, I was waiting for like, oh, Sardo, you're going to change your tune so hard. And I did. Yeah, no, and I, what I like about him is he starts off very gruff, very cold, and over time, as you interact with him, help him out, and, like, after you help Futaba especially, he's, like, very kind, sincere, and, like, you know this man was a ladies' man his entire life. Oh, yeah, and it's it's basically stated in canon that he was. And oh, yeah, he's, absolutely. like, a sharp dresser, he's sophisticated, he's, like, a great enjoyer of coffee, Make he's curry. and Very and important. also his relationship with Futaba. I really like that he wasn't Futaba's biological dad. Yeah, and no. that, you know he he wasn't even like it's it's kind of like 
vague whether or not he and Futaba's mom had like a thing going on. It's like maybe they did, maybe they didn't. He was he clearly had feelings for her, but he took Futaba in after she died and he he is he's just a dad to her and I love that. <laughs> no, and what I love about it is that like because it, this is more of a problem in like Japan than it is here. Because it, it it is. Yeah. From what I understand. But it's like, he really does love her and cares about her. And it's like, no, you were mistreated by other members of your family. So I'm the one who's going to take care of you properly. Because fuck them and fuck that. Yeah. And it's great. Like, I love the fact that he... And he's very caring, like... And he blames himself for why she's a shut-in, and you're like, and all of us are like, not really, it's not 100% your fault, but I get why, he just didn't know what to do. But it's, it's realistic in the way that it's like, he, he tries very hard, but he's obviously out of his depth, because Futaba is deeply traumatized. And it's just like, he's not a therapist. <laughs> no. He can't do that. He's just an old guy. <laughs> he's, just, he's just a cool old guy. Let's see, who else do we have? Let's talk about... I want to talk about Takemi. Yeah, okay, yeah, and, you know, let's talk about our first wife. <laughs> Tay Takemi, the doctor. Uh, not one of my favorite social links overall, but goddamn, she's hot. She, she is a hot goth doctor. Huh? Yeah. And if that doesn't appeal to you, well, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> what I do like about her is that, like, her whole thing is that she's very aloof. Because she's she got burned real bad by the medical world. Mm-hmm. And it's just like... She's like, Ugh, I don't want to do this. And then after, by the end of it, she's like, I am going to do this. Yeah. And it's it's and, great. And she kind of picks her career back up and she has kind of a newfound faith in people. <laughs> and it's nice. I like her. Good for her. I like her too. Um, let's see. We already talked. Let's about talk about your. Oh yes, I'm. Uh, let's sure. absolutely talk about my other, our other wife. <laughs> the more me wife than you wife, though. Yes. Also still wife. Yes. Let's talk about Kawakami. <laughs> and the, the I'm gonna be super honest. The kind of really awkward social link that she has. Yeah. It's not. I want to preface this that I don't think it's bad. Mm -hmm. I think it's extremely awkward because there are things about it that I hate. And it's not the fault of the overall writing, but of a decision you're allowed to make. And, like, let's, let's clear up the elephant in the room. Uh, you can choose to date Kawakami. Now, me as a 31-year-old 30 man, this sounds fantastic. Me playing as a 16-year-old who, whose school just had, had a problem with this shit, this is a terrible idea. This is, I mean, already not a fantastic choice removed from all other context, but with, with that added, horrible optics. <laughs> horrible optics. Like, I'm going to say this, like, her whole thing is, like, she's struggling with burnout, financial problems because she tried to be a good teacher this one time and things went bad and uh, a student basically died well you know kind of 
her her tutoring them and the student's family essentially has kept blackmailing her so she's been forced to take up a second job and what is that job lord sardonicus rex she is a uh, she is a maid of the naughty variety and it's it is fine that she does sex work but she lives in a society as we all do we all live in a society and that society. frowns upon that frowns upon sex workers, but especially probably teachers as sex workers. <laughs> and teachers, too, while we're at it. Yes. In a society that hates both teachers and sex workers, being both is probably the worst thing you could be. Mm-hmm. Even if. Even if. So. That's, like, the only thing you could do. So, you basically, uh... Ryuji and another one of your friends, who we will talk about later. Oh yes, we will. Get get the brilliant idea to hire this maid service and see what happens. And the maid comes, your friends get cold feet and ditch you, and you have to talk to this woman. And surprise, it's Kawakami. Yeah, <laughs> and it's this awkward moment of like both like this never happened. We're both gonna pretend it's never happened. You help her out later when. She's being grilled by a different teacher who is also mm -hmm. hot. The, the yes. two, two hottest teachers in this game are very funny. <laughs> Hi, Miss Chono. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so you have a social link. And it's a lot about, like, learning about Kaokami, how she's, why she's doing this job and why. And it's, like, how she's clearly, obviously, dealing with burnout. Mm-hmm. But it's just, like, the fact that you can date her ruins the whole thing. It It's really the turd in the punch bowl of that, because it's like, I... Why? It's <laughs> why? Same, it really, the fact that you can date any adult woman in this game while you're playing a teenager is really... And not, like, an 18-year-old, where that's, like, still kind of weird, but at least they're legal. Mm -hmm. This, it's like, there's... Nothing good or right about this. Why is this even an option? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I think the best way to, for us to put it is, it's just like, it's not that dating an older woman is bad. It's just that you are a minor. <laughs> it's bad to date an older woman when you're 16 years old. Yes. Unless you count older women as 18 year olds, where in that case, I'm not going to really get weird about that. But, but anyway, yeah, it's it, it's a whole thing, and no one really knows why it's there. My the theory a friend of mine posited it is that this is the first Persona game after Persona became more of a thing, with like dating elements where the characters, where the players are like now some of them are in their like twenties and thirties. Mm -hmm. That's my that's the only guess that makes any sense. It's never been discussed. But it's like, you shouldn't be able to date your homeroom teacher. Yeah, I... No, sir, I don't like it. <laughs> don't like it. Like Kawakami, though. Love Kawakami. She's great. She's yeah, a good character. She's wonderful. She, she's adorable. She has floofy hair. She's very... She's very... Very cute. And she's very determined to do right by people. And I like her. Oh, God. When she's at the end of the game, like, when... Like... She has to finally, like, return the favor. It's, that seems great. Mm-hmm. We'll talk more about that in a bit. But I would say, like, let's see, there's Oya. We didn't like Oya's social link. <laughs> Oya's a reporter. Um, the, the good thing about Oya's social link is you get to meet 
Miss Lala Escargot, who I loved. Best girl. <laughs> it also ties more into the plot, unlike a lot of the other social links, but it's also like... It's a lot of just Oya telling you what she's been doing. And Oya also, like... There's this whole pretense of, like, fake dating or whatever with your character, and I I just... No, Oya, you're in your 20s. Fuck off. In minimum. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. in fairness, to explain, uh, her boss is trying to keep her off the trail of what really happened to her old partner. And to do so, she's like, oh, the reason why I've been doing that is because I'm totally dating a minor, see? And it's yeah. Just, and it's just like, game, don't. At least when it, when it's Chihaya who thinks you might, might want to date, she's like at least, she's at most like 20. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's it's dumb. the whole, the whole thing is, yeah, the whole thing is weird. It's, it's a whole thing. I don't, I, I do don't like, like the, it. I, I don't like it either, but I do like the fact that Chihaya has an accent that she hides. Yeah. And, oh. and Chihaya is a fortune teller. Yeah. She's a fortune teller. She's kind of part of this like pyramid scheme cult thing. You bring it down. It's nice, but it's, it's not really anything to write home about. And she's a country girl. She's a country girl. That part's fun. The other fun part is the the lady who voices her. I believe is Sarah Williams is is her name. Mm-hmm. Also plays one of our favorite demons, Jack Frost and the Jack Bros. Hee ho! Yo, hee ho! They go hee ho. But after that, let's see. There's uh your other husband Ey. Mm-hmm. This is pretty good. It's not my favorite, but it's nice. Well- Former Yakuza. Also, like, there's there's a big thing here of, like, non-bio dads being really good dads. <laughs> like, good job, adoptive fathers. Let's go. If... Eli has a son who's just a little bit younger than Joker, and he's trying his best to be a good dad and get away from his past. And he's doing pretty good. Yeah, he's doing pretty good, but he keeps running into problems. And what he does ultimately is, like, solve the problem with the help of Joker. And it's nice. It's Yes. It's not the best social link, but I would say it's a good middle ground solid one. It's it's a nice social link. It, it is. I would say serviceable is the right word. Yes, that's a good word to use. It's not the best, but it's not the. It's nowhere near close to the worst. It's like serviceable. It's the good baseline. Like, are you as good as this one? Yeah. With that said, we move on to. Uh, let's see, who have we not covered? Oh yeah, Toranosuke, Mister Yoshida. No good Tora, who is actually very good. I wish we had more politicians yeah. like him. I wish there were more politicians like you, Mister Tora. I. Uh, t- Toranosuke is a former, like, SDP diet. diet member who got supposedly caught embezzling funds, got kicked out of the party, and now he's making this comeback after, like, 20 years because he's like, no, I need to help the peep, the peerfuls. And he's he's really a changed man. He's very like very concerned with the well-being of the people and everybody's really down on him because he has this shitty reputation but he don't give a damn about his bad reputation and he's trying very hard he's giving speeches in the streets you know even though he's getting heckled to hell and back and you start assisting him 
Yeah, and what I like about his social link, it's about him being like, no, I'm owning up to what I did. Even if I didn't really do it, I still wasn't a better person than I am now. Yeah. And uh, in the end, it's pretty good. I liked it. It was... Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It Maybe I'm just a sucker for seeing, like, an actual politician with good intentions for a change. Yeah, it's nice, and it, it's good. It's not It's not the best, it's not the worst. The, another romance option we forgot to cover is Hifumi. Oh, yeah, Hifumi, who was almost another party member yeah, in, a, a in fam- early development. Yeah, in early development, she was almost a party member. They ultimately didn't go with her for one reason or another. Don't Don't know why. They just didn't. I think it's because, like, having two characters go to a different school is kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's already kind of weird with Yosuke going to a different school, but, like, two, now it's just like, okay, how are we making this work? <laughs> yeah. Actually, speaking of which, it's also what uh, I believe Haru's design is actually repurposed from an earlier design for Futaba's mom, Wakaba. Well, hey. Because she had the floofy hair. Hmm. It's a fun fact. But yeah, she's uh she's a she plays shogi. She's a chuni. It, it very much so, and it's very cute. It's very cute. She's very pretty. Uh, her whole thing is that her mom, who used to work TV, is like trying to make her famous to like help pay for the fact that her father's constantly in the hospital. And it's just like her mo- mom's a stage mom of like the worst order. And has been fixing her matches, and she really doesn't like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's nice. I would say it's like in the EY tier of like, this is good. I'd say so. I think it's, let's see, who else have we not covered? I'm going to look up who, hold on, let me reopen the sheet real quick. Let's see, we've covered EY, we've covered all the party members. I liked Haru's. Since we're on the subject matter, Haru's is nice. Yeah. It, it's about how, like, she needs to stand up for herself. And, and she wants to have her own cafe. And that's cute. But, I yeah. want to talk about Mishima. Yeah, I was like, I want to talk time? about Mishima. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> you have the floor. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, before we do that, let's see. Akechi's is just all about his past. That's this backstory that you didn't get in in the vanilla version. Um, we covered the Hierophant. We covered On. We covered Ryuji. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Say's, Igor's, and Morganus just goes up automatically, so we're not counting those. The twins are like Margaret, and their sucks because it's just fusing shit. It's pretty boring. It, it's this here. We're gonna fuse stuff. I did it. I did like five of them in a day. It was not enjoyable. It was funny watching me fuse all the stuff and be like, <laughs> uh, oh yeah. No, we'll cover Shinya in a bit. Let's talk about Mashiva. Now it's time to talk about Mashiva. Go for it. Sarah. I want you, you all to picture the saddest, most pathetic, ineffectual person you've ever met in your life i want you to picture that person now i want you to picture the person that that person 
makes fun of behind their back. That's Mishima. <laughs> uh, Mishima is uh, one of your classmates. He is a member of the volleyball team. He is, like, the lowest rung member of, like, Komashita's picking order. He's the whipping boy. He is the whipping boy. He's pathetic. And let me say that Mishima is very, like, a very sympathetic character because he has clearly gone through hell. He has clearly been very badly abused by his coach and probably by his other teammates and he has a very rough go of things but after Kamoshida is foiled Mishima befriends you and decides you know the phantom thieves changed Kamoshida and I want I want a piece of whatever they're doing so you know how I'm going to help them I'm going to make a fan site. No, it's spelled P-H-A-N dash site. Yeah. From and Max that's how he Jordan. refers to it. Yes, and that's how it's spelled. And he's 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 a Reddit mod. He's, he's a Reddit mod. That's what he is. He's your local Reddit mod. He's so pathetic. And... Throughout the whole thing, he's his his whole thing is kind of trying to find, you know, trying to find what makes him him because he's kind of a nobody. He's bullied for that. And his whole identity is wrapped up now in being in charge of the fan site and believing he really has a huge role in helping out the Phantom Thieves. And it's... It's so sad. It's it's just you. It's funny. You, you you pity him. You really do. But also, it's so frustrating because he really thinks he's doing something. <laughs> what what's really p- pathetic about him It's just that, like, you when you, you, you go to change his heart and he's so pathetic, the, the rest of the is like, fuck this. Yeah. And leave him alone. It, it's just that he's so, as you describe him, he's soggy. He's a cr- just dripping with moisture. He's sopping wet. He's just, he's an ineffectual noodle and it's, so sad. It is so sad, but also really funny. He's he's hilarious. Uh, I ended up giving him kind of a strong sad voice, which is not fa- fair because strong sad is way less pathetic. <laughs> yeah, strong sad has like hobbies and things he enjoys and like a relative amount of confidence. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's just that it, Mishima is so pathetic that it's almost funny. And it's just, it, he gets better, but boy howdy, is he, you love him. <laughs> because he's, he's your still pathetic. Very pathetic. You love him because he's so pathetic. He's, he's, he's embarrassing to watch. <laughs> but yeah, that's Mishima. Yeah, that's Mishima. And there's one more social link. It's the tower. It's Shinya Oda. 
who has the best hat I've ever seen in my life. Get smoked! <laughs> he, he is a 10-year-old boy with a red cap that says, Get smoked, in big letters. Big gold metal-plated letters. And he is very good at a first-person shooter game. I think it's called Gunabout or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it is that. called he's, Gunabout. He, he's a gamer. He's a gamer. Rise up, gamers. But he's being raised by a single mom, and she's she's going through it. I, I think she's kind of, like, buckling under the stress and is exhibiting some definite signs of mental unrest. yeah. It's really, like, he wants you to change his mom's heart because it's just, like, this is not who she really is, and it's starting to become a problem. And it's, like, you get it. You you basically are big brother to him. Yeah. You're, you're his big brother, and it, 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 it's cute. Yeah, he looks up to you, and it's it's a nice little kind of EY tier social link, I think. I think most of the social links drop into the EY zone of... This is nice and pleasant. Yeah. Nice. Doesn't so, have to be the great thing ever. There is... We are not talking about two new social links that were added in Royal. Mm -hmm. Now is the time to talk about the Royal content. So if you haven't experienced it in any way... Um, you know, it's it's been seven years since Persona 5 dropped. I have no problem talking about it. This yeah, is, this has only been a few years since Royal dropped, and not everyone's experienced it. So this is your word of spoilers. This should be the spoiler zone. Um, let's talk about uh, Kasumi Yoshizawa, real quick. Or the first five times you meet her. What What was your thoughts of her before the third semester hit, and uh, or slash I told you things. <laughs> I'll be real. She didn't leave much of an initial impact on me. Like, she she was cute. She was nice. But, like, that was mostly it. It's like, she just seems nice. Yeah. She, she, I did. The one thing I like about her is every time we just hung out with her personally in game, not, not the hangouts, but just in general, it's like, we're in a very different story all of a sudden. <laughs> it's very shoujo. In, like, a fun way. We think it's fun, but it's just so funny where it's like, Huh. You know what it is? You know in Spy mm. Family, when we go to, like, Damien's vision of the of Anya? Yes. Where it's like, she gets, like, the super cutesy eyes. It's that. Yes. But for the whole game, and it's the Sojo filter comes on. I love it. And her social link is weird, because there's only five hangouts. For now. For now. For now. This is a threat. <laughs> <laughs> like all things for me, this is secretly a threat. <laughs> but this also came to a new social link. One that you, for someone you really liked. Let's talk about your actual husband. Take it away, Sardo. My man. Oh my god. Dr. Takuto Maruki. Um, Dr. Maruki comes to your school as sort of a temporary counselor in the wake of the Kamoshida thing. He's not very good at it. No, he's not. Mostly, his his main tactic is offering you snacks. He bribes you via snacks, which admittedly 
even as a teenager, I gotta admit, I was very bribable via food back then, too. I've always been very food motivated. Me too. I still am. We're still very bribable via food. Got that, everyone? Oh, yeah. If you ever want to bribe us for an episode, offer us a nice dinner first and we'll absolutely do it. Yes. But, but Dr. Dr. Markey... Markey. Yeah, I, I'll ahead. set this up. I'll let you talk about the meat and potatoes. I will set you up with the plate. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you have the floor for most of this one, but I need to say this. Dr. Markey is, you know, brought to your school as a way for the school to be like, see, look, we're doing something about the horrible thing that we let go on for way too yeah. long. And you have this untrained man. Now, Dr. Markey, as we learn, is a scientist first, a counselor, not by choice. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And his counseling is some t- as uh, one person who is a counselor on YouTube pointed out was either really good or really bad, <laughs> and it gets really bad as we'll see later. Yeah, it gets really bad later, but we'll talk about that in a bit. But he's a uh, he's like a twenty something year old guy. He's kind of a little bit disheveled. He he was designed in a lab to make you like him, physically speaking, hey, like as design wise. <laughs> Messy hair, little bit unshaven. He wears flip flops, which I think is. Funny. I forgot he wears flip flops. He wears flip flops, and he's like his tie's not fully tied. He's kind of a mess, and he's wonderfully voiced. And we're gonna talk more about this performance later by the late Billy Kamitz, who knocks it out of the fucking yeah, park. Yeah, this is one of those roles where, like, you need to have someone who can really be empathetic-sounding sa- and mm-hmm. kind, and he nails it. And there's a lot of scenes with him talking to the members of Phantom Thieves because they all kind of, like, go visit him at one point or another to, like, get some counseling. Some of these are good counseling, some of these are not. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't, I can't, I don't remember which ones are which. <laughs> By the way, but Maroki, for for all his faults in that, seems genuinely interested in the well-being of these young people. He seems like he's really trying his best. Yeah, like the thing um, that and- makes Maroki interesting is that he's the first adult that we meet who one hundred percent seems to be on your side. Because even like Sojiro starts off cold. Yeah. But not Dr. Markey. Dr. Markey's like, no, I want to help all of y'all. Yeah. I was like, I, I don't care what your background is. I want to help you. You, you know, you all deserve that. And it's it's very nice. We're not going to talk about what happens in Royal just yet. We're just talking about his social link. Though his social link has the best joke in this game. <laughs> I I was one of the jokes I was waiting for for you <laughs> because you are a glasses wearer. I am. And the moment when they open up their steaming piles of ramen and it's like, well, I can't see it. Neither can I. Because <laughs> their glasses are all fogged up. Yeah, it's even in Joker's portrait. And that joke is so funny. It's it's so well executed. It's just beautiful. Yeah, mm, chef kid. But we also learned that like something happened to Doctor Marky. He used to have a girlfriend. We're not sure what happened to her. You, you do learn that they're not together anymore, which means he's on the market. 
<laughs> you were like this the entire time. It was great. You're like I was. Hi. But yeah, and it's 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 a very fun socialing because it's a lot about less about Joker getting counseling and more about like helping Doctor Markey with his research on cognitive science. Got to pronounce the, the science. P. You have to pronounce the P. Futaba literally has a line about pronouncing the P in this game. Because <laughs> her mother also did cognitive science. But what we learn is, is that, like, at the end of it, he turns his paper and he goes off and we don't see him again. Until the third semester happens. Now, at the end of the game, after you beat Yadableth, it's like the day before Christmas. Quite, which means it wasn't Christmas. <laughs> Where Say comes up and goes like, hey, it's going to be hard to like ding Shido for everything. If you turn yourself in and give like your testimony in the trial, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you're going to go to Juvie for a bit. I'll try to get you out, but we can ding Shido forever. And this is, I like this scene because it shows that like as a character piece, it shows that Joker is very willing to like see this through to the end yeah. and also not sell out his friends. I hate this scene because thematically it sucks. Yes. Because we spent this entire game showing that the police are bad and awful and corrupt, and that the Japanese justice system sucks ass. And we're told, hey, we're going to let the adults handle it from here on out. Really just rubs me the wrong way. It It is a... It, it's it's an absolute fart in church of an event. It's It just, and not just sucks. Not just a fart in church, Sardo. A fart during Let Us Pray. Yes. Then it's the fart. It, it, it's a that. fart directly after Let Us Pray. <laughs> and everyone's quiet. It just, it compromises this moral and, like, what you've been saying in the game so for so long. It feels like they had no idea how to end the game, and this is what the only thing they could come up with that made sense. Yes. And it's, it sucks. It's no good. Yeah, it's it sucks. No, but that's if things go normally. But... With the third semester, if you've done all the things you were supposed to do, where do you end up? Surprise. Here's a catchy. And even Joker's like, you're supposed to be dead. <laughs> and he's like, don't worry, I'll handle this. And then you because go, okay. go for it. Sorry, because Akechi appears to die at, at the end of Shido's palace because he kind of sacrifices himself so the gang can make their getaway and yada yada yada. But but yes, then he shows up after the fact. And it's like, Joker's like, huh? What? I beg your fucking pardon? Excuse me? I mourned you. I was the only one, but I mourned you. <laughs> Everybody else was kind of relieved, but like in the, in the quiet way you, you do when you want to be polite. Like, to be fair, they were like sympathetic to him in the right way where it's like, I don't like you, but like this shouldn't have happened. You shouldn't have been in All this situation. <laughs> also, Shido is actually a catchy dad. Oh yeah, that's an important plot point. He's his dad. It's, it's... um. He hates his dad. Yeah, and, like, it, considering who your father is, I'm sorry that he's your father, too. <laughs> yeah. 
You deserve. A a she was a bastard child whose mom lost it, and he's he's now a bastard bastard orphan. Yeah, he's a bastard of a bastard. He's a bastard bastard of a bastard. Who's not a bastard, but you know. But he is a bastard. Yes. <laughs> oh, that was wonderful. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so he like turns himself in to like instead of you having to bite the bullet, you have you hang out uh, on Christmas with your friends. Um, well, actually, you do have the chance to have a Christmas Eve date. Uh, we didn't romance anyone because uh, Yoshizawa was the winner of Final Girl. <laughs> Unlike in Persona Four. Sorry, who was Final Girl when I played Persona Four? <laughs> The the only detective prince I respect, Naoto. That's correct. And why is that? Because she's the best. Damn straight. <laughs> Are all the other girls also the best? Also true. Yes. But Naoto's my favorite. But she was the best for you. Exactly. Yours is Risei. Yes. Also an excellent pick. But anyway, we go, we go forward and we end up talking... So we end up hanging out with having the platonic date with Futaba and Sotaro, which is actually very sweet. I hadn't seen it before. It was very cute. Futaba gets a turkey. <laughs> it's a turkey. Torkey. But in the end, we do all that stuff and we end up uh, having a Christmas day. Well, Christmas Eve dinner with all the all the pals. Oh, yeah. Morgana supposedly sacrificed his life. At the end of the Yada Blast thing, he does not. He gets better. He's he's, he's just a cat now. He's just a cat now. <laughs> he showed up. I still like the idea that he bought the fried chicken. <laughs> I know he didn't, but it's much funnier if he did. I bought you an eight-piece extra crispy bucket, Joker. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, you have a big one. Uh, we need to talk about one thing that happens in this scene because it is the only thing that matters in this scene. We need to talk about the scarf real quick. Yusuke's scarf. You hate that scarf so much. I love that scarf. So bad. It's real bad. Like, go look it up, people. It is horrible. So, a running joke with Yusuke is that he is notoriously terrible with money, and he is constantly having to kind of mooch off of his friends for food because he keeps buying shit that he can't eat. <laughs> uh, this was evidenced in an earlier scene on the beach, where instead of buying food, Yusuke bought lobsters. Live lobsters. Not to eat. Two of them. Not to eat. Be because he liked how they looked. <laughs> Yusuke is bad with money. Like most but artists. But his, his latest purchase on Christmas Eve is a scarf. Stross, yeah. describe the scarf in, to the best of your abilities it's, for me, please. It's a multicolored, like, ugly-ass thing. Like, how, it's like... It's like a modern art with, like, slight African influences, kind of. It's... It's, it's got these super... little, like, Picasso-y faces, and it's, it's, it's like... It's bad. <laughs> it's... And it's, like, primary kindergarten shades of, like, red and blue and green and yellow, I think. And it's... It's like something you'd see in a doctor's office. It, it, it's, it's ugly. 
it sucks and he bought it with the last of his money because he thought it was beautiful and it's not it's and i so love him bad. so much it's not it's so bad it's so bad and he's so proud of himself sitting there with his dumb scarf i i have a picture of it on my phone preserved for all time it is it's so bad i i had to screen cap it and share it on twitter because it's just like what the fuck is that thing on your neck it, 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 that clip is preserved all time on my twitch channel until twitch goes under <laughs> it is absolutely incredible oh god it's so bad but anyway so set, though then you go to new year's eve you have a little party with your friends and then new year's day you go to the shrine with yoshizawa because kasumi wants to go with you and you've, you've made like a whole date thing and it never you know you never really got a chance to do it and uh you, do. you go downstairs and everyone seems to be very happy because you know it's new year's day that's it, it, normal like good feelings of the new year yeah we, we saw uh, we all sang odd lang sign sorry and i got super drunk sang it in the middle of the street while wearing lampshades on her head you know the classic new year's day eve to new year's day shenanigans Beautiful. but you also everyone seems to be doing really well and people start saying but people start saying really weird stuff uh hi everyone uh hi. this is us just saying my power went out for a second and therefore my entire computer had a bit had an understandable hiccup <laughs> whoopsie so sorry what were you talking about <laughs> um we were talking about shit oh yeah uh, futaba you said something futaba was talking about how she was shopping with her mother which is weird yeah. because she's supposed to be dead yes so people start acting kind of funny things are different mm -hmm. and you decide to take a little further look into it because something is definitely not right yeah, and, like, for example, like, there's this weird guy hanging around LeBlanc. Oh, yeah, LeBlanc is where they've been in the cafe that Sojiro owns. Uh, okay. His coffee and curry shop. Yep. And there's this studly guy here. He wasn't there before. Yeah, who is this handsome man with black hair and these striking blue eyes that look so familiar? <laughs> anyway... Go to the shrine. You have a nice little time. And you meet up with your friends. They're like, oh, we're all here together. Isn't that funky? <laughs> also, by the way, we need to talk about everyone's kimono real quick. So let's go over it real quick. Mm-hmm. Number one. Yoshizawa. Looking very cute. Yellow kimono. Very lovely. Love it. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Number two. Need to talk about uh, Futaba. Love hers, too. Also very it nice. It's very good. Uh, Makoto. I, I like her hair up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Her hair up. Lovely in a bun. Makoto. Blue. Love it. Blue is her color. On in red. She always looks lovely, so... Still nice, though. Then there's Haru. Would you like to... Would you... I'm gonna let you describe this one. 
It is like an absolute confectionery of an outfit. It is this kind of lilac-colored kimono, a very nice fluffy fur collar, beautiful hairpiece, this kind of light pink chrysanthemum hairpiece. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's a crime we only get to see it once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Haru's winter clothing? Mm. All of them. The beret? Wonderful. Yes. Does every bit of, like, winter clothes that she gets are all so fantastic? It's a shame that you only see them, like, a, like once or twice. Yeah. But, you know, you talk with your friends. Uh, Ryuji's outfit is sadly plagued by a terrible neck warmer that he definitely would wear. <laughs> it, it's it's camo. It's camo. It's ugly. But it's like, on the other hand, it's something a teenage boy of his age and everything would definitely wear. It's very him. Very him. And then we get into, then they all start talking, and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, Joker, we all have to do our own thing. And you're like, okay. And then it's like, I had to go shopping with my dad, and Joker's like, hmm, your dad, you say? Hmm. I see. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. God, it's so funny. And to just, for everyone to be like, Huh. <laughs> and we were there. I remember when we were doing this on the stream and everyone's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I had to sit there knowing exactly what was happening at all times, by the way. It's a very interesting experience. Oh, yeah. But as you go in, eventually you run into a catchy again and he's like, hi, we need to talk. And you're like, yeah, we do. And he's like, okay, shit's gone weird, yo. <laughs> and he's right, like, though. He's he's a hundred percent correct. <laughs> Shit as, is fucked. As much as we like to like make fun of a catchy, and we did because, well, as Sardo said, it's too much like his old self from when he was a teenager. He's very mockable. <laughs> he's very mockable, but he is a hundred percent correct in this situation, being like. This is not normal, and I do not like it. <laughs> Shit is fucked. <laughs> and he's right. Like, something is wrong. Something is off. It's not correct. It's weird. And so you have to go about kind of the arduous task of going to your friends one by one and seeing them living their happy, perfect new existences. Uh, you go to On. Shiho still transferred schools, but it's because her parents got a job somewhere else. Well, and we not are missing because a step. of Kamoshida. Yeah, and we, we missed a step because also Yoshizawa calls you and being like, hey, um, the fuck's going on? Because apparently mm-hmm. you run into this pal- mysterious palace in Odaiba beforehand, but it it wasn't anyone you knew, so you didn't care. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. And then it's like afterwards you meet them all up. Like, for example, like Ryuji's back with the track meet. 
team because he does miss doing track. He does like it. He go. It, that's the thing he established. He loves running. Yeah. <clears throat> but by the end of it, you're like, okay, this is weird. People's dead relatives are alive again. And like, when you get to it, you discover who is the owner of this palace, Sardo. It is Yoshizawa. No, that 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 would no. be a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Doctor Maruki. It's Doctor Takuto Takuto Maruki. Mm-hmm. Yep, and what you just and his palace is a bit different because unlike all the other palaces, which were sort of the subconscious dealings of the owner, Doctor Maruki knows full well what he's doing. He is fully in control of his facilities, which is strange. Yeah, it's like, and he's also all made up and, like, hair slicked back. You did not like it. You remember? I, I hated the slicked back hair. He's he's clean shaven. His forehead is exposed for all the world to see, like some kind of trollop. No husband of mine's going to walk around with his forehead out where anybody can see it. Unless it's for me alone to smooch. <laughs> That's my forehead to look at. <laughs> and kiss when I feel like it. But yeah, and you're like, whoa. Like, whoa, but Dr. Mar- Maruki's strutting around in his new fancy white outfit with his forehead out like some kind of brazen hussy of Babylon. <laughs> and uh, this is you where find we out yeah, you Maruki take- is responsible for this. Yeah, he's, he's the one responsible for all of this. Not just this, though. And... It's for ostensibly good reasons. So, and this is where we learn, sort of, with one character, yes. all that is right and wrong I'll about Doctor. Buddy. Oh, hold on. This is where we learn all that's right and wrong with Doctor Maruki and his and his mm-hmm. worldview with one character. Yeah. Uh, we learn that. Dr. Maruki, who was counseled Yoshizawa, is not the Yoshizawa that we thought she was. And Yoshizawa, as we learn, has has a dead twin sister. They, They were both competitive gymnasts together. They both work together. Um, she's very scarred by the loss of her sister. And what we learn is, is that the dead sister is... Kasumi Yoshizawa. Us thought that Yoshizawa was Kasumi Yoshizawa. <laughs> but she's not. She's, in fact, Tsumura Yoshizawa, the younger sister. And yes. this this scene happens where it's it's animated. Her bow falls out of her hair. And to reveal her long red hair and she's just like she does not she's not happy a good time (laughs) she she is very upset she is not in she's not in a good space and uh yeah and we learn that while she was being counseled by dr maruki he decided in his great wisdom that if yoshizawa could take on the identity of her dead sister and live as Kasumi, she would be happier and it would erase the trauma that she had been through. Which is 
probably not a great idea, as you might imagine. And we should also mention a, a very important thing is, is that it's very clear from the flashbacks we see to prior to meeting Dr. Markey that Sumire was not in a good place. No. And we don't ex- we don't mean just like, oh, she was in a bad place because of the death of her sister. We mean like it was bad. It was very bad. Like, maybe the like to the point where it's like she might kill herself. Yeah. Like even before her sister died, she had real bad self worth issues. Like And so yeah. It was bad before her sister died. So her sister dying to save her did not help. Yeah. One bit. And so, like, you can kind of see where Maruki's trying to go with this whole idea because Sumire's in a very fragile, very vulnerable mental state. And he sees it as trying to save her. And potentially he might have. It's hard to... It, it's just the way he did it was really bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because basically he erased Sumire from her mind and she's Kasumi now. Ooh. And it's just... We actually get to see this scene play out and it is, like, spooky. Like, the camera shifts over. She ties her hair up and takes off her glasses. By the way, she has glasses. It's... it's it... It's very cute. She does have very cute glasses. She has cute glasses, long hair combo. Very cute girl. And it's yeah. just one of those things where you're just like, we learn throughout the third semester why he's like this. But this is sort of like the point where you realize that, like, no matter how sympathetic he is, he is in the wrong. Yeah. Because Dr. Markey's worldview is pain bad. Pain has brought... Mm-hmm. Bring, Suffering is bad. Pain and, must be avoided at all costs. Like, there's a great sequence uh, in a text conversation, because in this game there's a bunch of group text conversations, where Yusuke points out that, like, one of his friends in the art club was, like, having, like, art block at the time, and because Dr. Marky wasn't sure what to do, now he's into archery. Like, it's so random. Yeah. Like, okay. But but it's interesting seeing kind of the ripple effects that this decision has on the world and on everybody. Yeah, and it's sort of like the whole point of this sequence. And by the way, I, I'm going to say something and you, you can disagree with my, me or not. Uh, the third semester is the best written part of this game. From start, I would say so. From start to finish. Yeah. Like, like, at least the best since the Komashita stuff at the start of the game, anyway. I would agree. It's very solid. Because it's like, the whole overarching idea is is that your pain and your suffering is also a part of who you are. Yes, that, that these things make you, you. Yeah. And that's basically the whole ethos of what the fantasies are fighting for. Because we see what caused this to happen in the first place was a when Dr. Markey realized his persona, mm-hmm. um, 
he accidentally erased his him from his ex-girlfriend's memory. Because a little little background on yeah. Dr. Maruki's ex-girlfriend, Rumi went through something incredibly traumatic. She was at home with her parents when a burglar broke in, I believe murdered both her parents and attacked her as well. And the whole thing left her basically catatonic with grief and trauma. And Maruki would come to visit her and speak to her and just, you know, like try to get through to her. And eventually, um, when he was speaking to her, something he said caused her to, like, it, it triggered some of her trauma, and she was very upset. And basically, when his persona comes through, it finds that trauma, and it erases that, but it also erases her entire memory of him and their shared history together. And he just kind of accepts it. It's a sad scene. Because you just kind of watch him go like, oh no. Yeah, that he's he has lost everything. And he's never been quite over his ex, as we learn later via environmental storytelling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's still, like, very, very much in love with her and very heartbroken over it. And Understandably it, so. Like, His relationship ended in a bullshit fashion that wasn't they wasn't even trying to do. Yeah. In his defense. And it's like imagine like you're you're trying to, you know, break through to your like traumatized girlfriend and instead you wipe her memory entirely. That's yeah, fucked up. And not on purpose. Yeah, you, 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 you do it completely without even thinking about it. Because it, it, you didn't even know you could do that. <laughs> Yeah. But basically, but... this incident caused Dr. Marky to be like, but Rumi's happier now. Mm-hmm. And she's able to have a life. Sucks for me, but I'm glad it happened to her. It's, it's sort of selflessness to the point where it does a 180 and becomes self-destructive. Self-destructive and inherently selfish. Yes, yes, it's it's selfish selflessness. <laughs> yeah, where it's like, it becomes the point where instead of being a good thing that happened to you and to her, it's a bad thing that happened that he's accepted in the worst possible way. Yes. And this leads to basically the whole third semester is you kind of going around Tokyo being like, everyone's too happy. But it's mm. as happiness and good things happening to people as defined by a man who is deeply troubled about his own problems and hasn't confronted them. Maruki's essentially playing with Barbies to ignore his own deep-seated psychological issues. And deep-seated needs, which he's been putting off because he's a good person. He and wants to help. him. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it'd probably be better. Be better than you know. Men will try to change all of reality instead of going to therapy. And that's the real message of Persona. 5. <laughs> yeah, go to therapy, kids. But yeah, so you go through this, and you with Sumire back to her normal self. She self actualizes, and you know you get to talk with her. Sadly, she goes back to her old look, which we're both not cool with. Game. 
It's like, I, I get it, it's probably a, a matter of cost and making more models and it's complicated, but but also she was a new character for, for, for Royal, so like, could you know? Or anyway. <laughs> well, okay, to explain, she goes back to like dressing like Kasumi. Now, we have no problem with her putting her hair up and wearing the ribbon, that's cute. It's like, no, this is for my sister who's no longer with me. That, thumbs up there. Yeah. Don't take off the glasses. Put the glasses back on. Uh, see, I proposed maybe like a half ponytail with the hair half up and you could still do the ribbon and it's incorporating both. Yeah, it's just I felt like the problem was they could have done something better. Yeah, it's like it, it kind of erases all the meaning. It's it's the same thing as, say, approaching you about having to go back to jail. <laughs> yeah, not as bad, but like. I, I get what you're doing. You just could have executed this one a little better. Yeah. I, I get it. It's an asset thing. We're not going to be too mad about it. It's already like a 90 hour. It's already a 110 hour game. We get it. <laughs> yeah. But it, it makes it a little less effective. I agree. That said, you go on, you go through like Marky's idea of paradise, which is goofy. <laughs> But it, but it's only made so much weirder because weirder when you're going through it, you have, like, p statues of his ex. And it's like, you really are not over her. Understandable, but, like... Dude. Dude. <laughs> Dude, get a grip. <laughs> get a fucking grip. Uh, it's it's really funny. But in the end, you, you fight him. Well, beforehand, you have to go up the, the tower with, like, the sickest music in the entire game. And you're just it, like... Well, this is the coolest thing I've done all day. <laughs> and it was, and it's, it's beautiful. That scene where you're like ascending the staircase. It's like, nice. <laughs> and I believe plays and you're just like, oh, I'm never going to be this cool again. <laughs> it, it was great. Oh no, it's great. It, like as a set piece, just. It, it helps because Lynn is this is the only time in English Lynn gets to kind of belt. Because a, a lot of the music is very jazzy, so there's not a lot of belting in jazz that often. At least Japanese jazz, I guess. But she serves here. She served us so hard. And the only other time she does this is the end credits. <laughs> yes. Where it's in her native tongue of Japanese, so she has no problem going for the high notes. And you're just like, ah... Oh. I'm glad Lynn is great. You'd love if you look what she her just look what she looks like. By the way, mm -hmm. if you haven't seen her, what she looks like, you're gonna love how she looks. I have seen her. She's yeah. great. Yeah, she's great. Um, and then you have a long ass boss fight against Doctor Maruki, which starts with fighting him in his persona as a Thoth, because there's a lot of Lovecraftian imagery with him in all this. Mm-hmm. You love them, Black Tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, then you fight Adam Ka his final persona, Adam Cadmon. And when you think it's finally over and done with, you have maybe the best scene in the entire game. <laughs> At least from an acting standpoint. Oh, yeah. We, I, I want to talk about this scene specifically because it is so good. All right, Strauss, tell us all about it. So right as his palace is falling apart and you escape in the in the monocopter, 
the kitty copter. Because <laughs> now Morgana, Mor Morgana can turn into a bus. First of all, that's the thing you can do in Mementos. But Don't now ask. We can also well, yeah. Okay, actually, it is explained in the game why you can turn into a bus because cats turning into bus is something that's in people's cognition. Yes. This is a Miyazaki reference. <laughs> yeah. This is a reference to my neighbor Totoro, which I think is great. But, but here, but no one thinks of cats turning in into helicopters. That's silly. But due to a power of a wish stone that you got, Morgana did. And right before you finish, like, Marky yanks Joker down. And he's like, I need to just leave with no regrets. And mm -hmm. you just... Sorry, what is happening in this scene? I, we'll go over the acting in a bit, but I want you to describe what happened in the scene. Because I feel like this, is, this was meant for you to discuss it. You both abandon your personas. But both of you, you and Maruki... Uh, you cast them aside, and you and this sad, sad 28-year-old man fist fight each other. <laughs> on a platform. <laughs> on, a, on a crumbling platform. And it's just like... In the like, middle of space. In the, in the middle of Tokyo. In, in the airspace of Tokyo. And it's just like... It's, it would be so goofy if, the act, if Billy Kamitz didn't sell the scene with every ounce of himself. And Maruki here is just, his voice is just raw agony. I gave him It is an everything. open wound. The phrase Everything. Everything. And it's like, it's great. The scene works because it's sold so well. And you get it. It's just like, he realized he's lost. He's wrong. He's been proven wrong. And he's fine with that. He's accepting his defeat. He just wants to go out with just not an ounce of pain left in his body and and he is in so much pain <laughs> yeah and it, it because he's getting out all the feelings he had he's been holding back about losing the wo woman he loved in the worst possible way and, and it's again just... and, and also probably the pain too of like realizing he's misled these like damaged children <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's all the regrets he he has all the regrets they're gone he wants them to be gone and that's what he do and it's it's so effective and it's just so mm, so good And it's just, it, it's, it's just an example of how, like, some solid writing can be just elevated by fantastic acting. Yes. Because goddamn was it fantastic. Oh, was, you, you were so not kidding. It was the, the peak moment of the entire game. <laughs> it, it's like, it, it's that moment of just realizing, like, you're realizing a a man has realized his failings, what he did wrong. And it's just, it's sold so well by the acting, especially Billy Kamitz, who really, that, as I said, it was his Oscar moment. Yes. Like, this is why you hire good voice actors, people, because they do shit like this. Also makes and... you really miss Billy Kamitz. Oh God, yeah. But that that happens. You and Maruki punch each other 
and Maruki loses. And he's basically like, okay, I I give up. And he he's basically ready to lie down and die. The the platform crumbles under him, he's falling, and then Joker grabs his hand. Nope, you're not allowed to die here. <laughs> and it's it's a very well because we get an animated cutscene for this. And it's a very well done little piece of like tension because Joker's clearly struggling. He's like trying to hold on, but Maruki's hand is slipping because this guy is just ready to fucking drop. And he, it, it, what makes this scene work ultimately is just that it's just, it's nice to have a character. be honest with themselves about it yes like there's no pretentiousness to this it's like no marky what you wanted to do was help people Mm -hmm. you're a good person on in all the ways that matter you're just misguided in your methods and you you have done wrong but now that you've seen that you can do right again yeah. And it's lovely. It, 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 it's great. And then the metaverse collapses. Uh, reality is returned back to normal. Whoops, Joker's in juvie. Akechi is dead? Probably? Maybe? Probably? Mor- Morgana's missing. And look at what you do. Everyone then scrambles. Then the game goes back to normal where everyone scramble instead scrambles in several days to get you out of juvie. In a scene that's kind of goofy when you realize this had to happen like 11 days <laughs> instead of several months. <laughs> but they're all working, and you mentioned Kawakami gets a very good scene. A lot of characters get a really good scenes, honestly. But, but yes, but we're talking about Kawakami here. This is true. It's like, what's the point of being teachers if we can't stick up for your students? You're just like... That's my, that's our wife. Hell yeah. It's a lovely scene. It's like, yeah, that's what being a teacher is all about. And there's also a very funny scene of Mishima out in the streets trying to get people to sign a petition. It's <laughs> great. To help his friend. Yeah. He's my best friend. I'm like, oh, I hope not. <laughs> Spooky bear. <laughs> but everybody's working very hard to get you out, and eventually it comes through. You are... Uh, they they prosecute Shido, he's found guilty, and what they find on him is enough to get your criminal record expunged. And you're going to walk away with a clean slate. And then you get a Valentine's Day date out of it. Yeah, you can pick who your romance. We went this with Sumire because we were a skeletocracy and only skeletons are allowed to vote. And really, she did win me over. She's she's very I, cute. I really do think the third semester stuff where you realize who she actually is is a lot better than what we got. Like, oh, yes. she's just the cute girl. Oh wait, no, you have horrible depression. <laughs> your self worth worth is in the toilet. <laughs> 
Oh, and we need to talk about the other social link scene with her. Oh, yeah. When, when she's trying on clothes. Oh, yeah. So uh, speaking of more bad clothing watch, she gets dressed up in a terrible out ensemble of, like, the Savannah style. Wall-to-wall -wall animal print. <laughs> it's so bad. Because the thing is, like, a lot of, of the second half of her social link is talking to her about, like, how, like, despite the fact that she loved her sister, her sister kind of was, like, a big, not, contro controlling's not the right word. But she was very competitive and kind of a show-off and, like, very, very bold in comparison to Sumire, who was very quiet and withdrawn and really struggled with, with all of that. And also, like, a lot of, like, the decision-making was done by her, by Kasumi, and it's just, like, it's sort of living life without your sister for the first time. So it's like, I gotta buy clothes, and it's like, she wears this horrid outfit. <laughs> Where individual pieces aren't that bad, <laughs> but like, and and the and the thing that's of note is like the the shop assistant is the one who puts together this outfit for her. <laughs> so bad. So it's it's not really her idea. And something uh, something that I thought was kind of funny that I noticed that was I think definitely intentional is, uh, so Sumire's name in Japanese kind of translates to Violet, and mm. her. Her code name is Violet, but it's. I think that's kind of a funny play on words with like shrinking Violet because yeah. she's shy and <laughs> she's a lot shyer than you thought she was, and she's a lot more withdrawn. But a lot of her social link, this in particular, is kind of realizing no, I have to find what my own identity is, and I can't just keep trying to live as my sister because. That's not me. Yeah. Like, a lot of it is so sort of like... who am I? It's it's finding who Sumire Yoshizawa is, not who Kasumi was. Because, like, yeah. she was just being the facsimile of her version of Kasumi, not actually Kasumi, as far as she would know. Yeah. And I, what I really like about, about her second half of her social language, the first half is, like, her being like, I'm Kasumi, but things aren't going well. It's... Actually, the reason why things weren't going well is because I wasn't being who I was. Yeah, and and even her gymnastics improve after she kind of accepts herself. Yeah. Because she, she embraces her own style and stops trying to follow in what Kasumi was good at. And, yeah. And it's good. And we're very proud of her. Yep. So, things sort of come to an end. Everybody you find out is going their separate ways. An is moving to, like, study abroad. Futaba's going to school. Uh, Ryuji's, like, going to get therapy on Physical his therapy. Leg. Yeah, physical therapy. <laughs> Probably needs some mental therapy, too, but, but they um, all do. Yeah, and, you know, like... Haru and Makoto are going to college because they're third years. The only one who's sticking around is Yusuke because it's like, I know what I want to do. I want to do art. <laughs> I want to do art. I need to paint. All the time, every time. <laughs> and it's like, this is, by the way, that's new content for Royal. Mm -hmm. Because them going their separate ways. 
I actually really like that scene because it actually shows a sense of maturity from the group. Yeah. Because it's like, I... hey, we can't just do what we've always been doing forever. <laughs> yeah, we, we've got to change eventually. And, you know, we have our dreams and like, hey, I still want, and like, Ryuji's like, I still want to go to college. Yeah. And the best way for me to do that is by being really good at running. <laughs> He's gonna go fast. He's gotta go fast. Because the, cause Sega also owns Persona. But, and oh, also, Morgana came back. I think we mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. he's just a cat now. He's just a cat now. And and he's going with Joker when Joker goes home. Yeah. And when you go home, you run into Yoshizawa one last time and in a very nice little scene. But first he has to be saved from, from the popo by Dr. Maruki. Yes, Dr. Maruki is alive! And he's a taxi driver now. Yeah. And you like his little hat. I like his little hat. And he's back to being scruffy. And you're like, ooh. But uh, it's a very nice ending to what I think ultimately was a game that we liked, but are sometimes very frustrated by. It's like, I I definitely had moments where it's like, man, I wish they'd done this differently. But overall, I really loved Persona 5. Mm -hmm. And it made for some very memorable stream moments. Oh god, like just the Morgana voice alone. Explain the Morgana voice, please. Joker is will never going to go away from here. Joker, it's stuck. But Joker, I'm stuck in a trash can, help me. So the Morgana voice started because, and I started this, and I'm very proud. This is you. This is all you. I've only just helped perpetuate it. it. Because Morgana has, like, a fairly normal voice, considering he's a little cat creature. He's, it's like, it's not super cutesy or anything. It's it's just Cassandra Lee Morris doing, doing a good job. But I started dipping into the kind of, ooh, I'm a little cat creature kind of voice, and it just it's stuck. stuck. It's stuck ever since. It's like, I'm sorry, everything is funnier in the Morgana voice. Joker, we need to talk about investing into cryptocurrency. <laughs> Joker. Stonks. <laughs> My stonks, Joker. I don't... I... I don't understand how it happened, but it did. Uh, it, it, it's great. I, I'm gonna be honest. Every, every time we talk, talk, we 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 we, we type to each other <laughs> in the Morgana voice. It's it's a problem. He's like, when are we gonna stream next, Joker? I don't know, Joker. Well, uh, the next time is Sunday. After that, it's gonna be next Sunday because you need a little breaky break because you are. Because you've been too bit, you're too busy. I gotta take a break, Joker. Work is burning me out. And then Sunday, well, then you'll be back. Yeah. But yeah, I would say ultimately, like, as negative as we can be about Persona 5, like, I still prefer 4 personally. Me too. 
I feel like that's because, like, for us, four kind of speaks more to, like, our age of, like, being, like, early 2010s, late 2000s vibes of, like, finding your own identity, sticking to it, and being like, this is good. It's And it's very nostalgic. Oh, God. When did you go through Persona 3 where it literally takes place when we were in high school? <laughs> Like, everyone uses flip phones in that one, and it makes sense. <laughs> but, oh, man. Like, the, also that music, I'm going to play you a track from it once we're done, and you're going to be like, God damn. All right. But, Strauss, I got a question for you. Absolutely. Wrapping this up. Go so, we've talked and talked about the game, but how, how did it feel going through this? How, how was the journey for you? On this particular Let's Play. I think, number one, it was great to do it with you. That was, like, it it, it was some of the things I was looking forward to during my week. Same here. But I think it was really fun to go through it again. Like, also, like, go through it all the way through with people who'd never seen it before, but you have is a very interesting experience. Uh Uh-huh. Whereas, like, it, 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 it was a very interesting experience to go through it all and be like i'm glad i got to play this game again with people who have not played it before and not seen it before and watch them fall in love with the characters like i did and also like the problem see the problems that i have and now you too can be part of the annoying discourse this this was a thoroughly joyous experience i am actually heavily considering I'm going to a convention next year that I'm very excited about, but I'm thinking of cosplaying Dr. Maruki for it, so here you go. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's it's not enough to love the husband, you must be the husband. (laughs) You will be your own husband. (laughs) I can be my own husband. What about you, Sarno? What was your sort of thoughts on it? I had such a good time. This was always the bright spot in my week. I really loved this. I I have laughed so much over the course of, of this game. And it's just been such a trip, like, fully experiencing and falling in love with this weird, silly, flawed, awesome game. <laughs> I love Persona 5. No, I do too. I love it. Not as much as 4, but I still love it. I think... I I, en- I enjoy it in in a I think a different way than four. I I also think that's true because like five is just so cool and it's like it's fun to imagine like your cool factor in it. Whereas four is like a much more intimate talk. Yeah, like, everything about it is very. We might have to have a proper episode on four one of these days. And if you ever like go through three in any real way, definitely gonna have to talk about three because it's like. Oh god, I hear Wanna Be Close, and I feel like I, this song's been in my life for 10,000 years. <laughs> we're we're gonna have to discuss that. <laughs> we're gonna discuss 4 another time, because I feel like there's a lot to talk about 4, and just doing it in a 5 episode, it's not doing either game justice, so... Yeah. But, uh, yeah, um, next, in two months, Tactica comes out, so we'll be with these characters once again. And depending how fast I get through uh, Like a Dragon... Huh. We'll, uh, we might experience strikers in the in between. 
That'll be fun. You get to meet a new I, husband. <laughs> I can't wait for Ryuji to say fuck. You're gonna be- oh, you're gonna love it so much. Let Ryuji say fuck. Well, folks, Yushi would have her own little final part of this, but it, this episode is gonna- is like almost three hours. Actually, it might be three hours. I am so sorry. Oh, this is our stairway to heaven. <laughs> this is our- and no, that's not fair. This is not even a free word. This is in uh, this is our Indagata de Vita. God, it is. <laughs> anyway, folks, I'm Almighty Strauss on Twitter, Blue Sky, Twitch. I stream Tuesdays, Thursdays, Sunday. That's that's Sardo. You can find him at Marquee Belial for the art account. At a Topsy Garden through the normal Twitter. Uncle Death with a K on Blue Sky on and on Twitch. He streams every Monday, 6:30 p.m. Eastern, not, not Eastern Standard Time, Mountain Standard Time, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's when I also stream on Mondays. I am almost always there. You can come see us draw today. I don't know what you're going to be drawing on Monday. I don't even know what this thumbnail is going to look like. Point is, uh, thank you all for coming. Sorry, anything you need to say? Um, thank you all very much. It's been a wild ride, Joker, but it's been good. That's right, Morgana. And now, I, John Cena, protagonist of Persona 5, according to how Strauss plays it, can finally be laid to rest until Strikers. Are oh. you sure about that? <laughs> I, I don't plan to play it again, yes. <laughs> I'm not going through that game again. It's really long. <laughs> Just like this podcast. Uh. Bye, everyone! <laughs>